You know Bush Gardens, right? Yeah, I was when I was a kid. I thought that it was just like fountains of bush beer coming up out of the ground. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, we would go to sometimes King's Dominion, sometimes Bush Gardens, and I always liked King's Dominion because mm-hmm. it had like the little kid rides, and it had my favorite, the Scooby Doo roller coaster, and Bush Gardens was like the scary one that had all like the big roller coasters didn't like it uh but eventually i got to the point where it was kind of flip-flopped you know i started right. i got to the point where i actually enjoyed the roller coasters right. this was on your 33rd birthday you're like you know what <laughs> the big kid stuff's not bad yeah it's not bad it's like i only cried a little bit this time <laughs> i think i'm getting the hang of it yeah so you took the kids to bush gardens like today no it was uh we went Friday night because my son had a concert. It was like part of his band oh. trip. Wait, is and he is he in a band or like a school band? The school band. It's like <sighs> all of the well, maybe not all the kids, but a significant portion of the kids have like a band class. So it's not like mm. it's not quite like band in high school, right? It's like uh, a bunch of xylophones and percussion sort of stuff cool yeah so you got to go put on a show you rocked out yeah they they got uh first place whoa now they were the only elementary band there uh so that worked in their favor however they are the only elementary band you know what i mean (laughs) ever in the world (laughs) at this uh at this competition anyway you, That's you cool. know, you can take that like, oh, well, you won by default, but really it's just like no other school has yeah. a program like us. So, yeah, we, we kick ass. Yeah, when because we got, we spend tax dollars appropriately. <laughs> That's right. For these children to have opportunity. Exactly. That's cool. Well, then you got to garden some bush or something. Yeah. That's cool. It's not bad. That's good. That's a good time. I didn't do anything except, I, well, I did stand up, which was fun. You came to yeah. that. That was That was fun. I appreciate that. And then I just had a double ear infection for uh, a while, and that really sucked. I don't know. Have you ever had a double ear infection? You've got two ears. Certainly, you've had one infected. Yeah. um, I had a lot of ear infections when I was a kid, and uh, it was to the point where I had to get tubes put in my ears to help drain Mm. liquid out of there. And I was actually thinking about this the other day um, after you had talked about yours, but I think... You know, what could have been part of the issue was when I was a little kid and I'd go over to my cousin's house, um, I would, you know, fall asleep on the couch or something. And my cousin, who was, I don't know, probably eight years older than me. Pee in your ear. Well, he drooled in my ear. What? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's worse. So, you know, he was doing that uh, to make my brother... And my other cousin laugh, and you know, I'd wake up with a ear full of just drooly saliva. And, you yeah, know, that's I a good way to get infected. I couldn't really, you know, I was too young to put two and two together back then. But thinking back on it now, I was like, ah. you thought that's what a wet dream was for a long time. <laughs> You're like, dude, I wasn't even horny, and I still woke up with yeah, a wet ear. Dang, it's crazy. That is crazy, dude. Well, it wasn't fun for me. I had 
I went to the medic, the the minute clinic. Yeah. And the uh, the lady was like, "Do you smoke?" I was like, "No." She's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't smoke." And she was like, "Okay," because most adults that get ear infections they smoke. I was like, "Well, I was in a restaurant last night that does let you smoke." And she was like, well, that might have done it. Like like the one time I went in there, it somehow turned my ear into Freddy Krueger's face. But she looked in my, she goes, which ear hurts the most? And I was like, oh, my right ear is really killing me right now. She's like, okay, I'm going to look in the left one first. And she's like, yeah, a little red. You know, like, I don't know what you're whining about. It's not that bad. But then she looks in the right ear and she goes, oh, my God. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, you poor thing. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst I've ever seen. Can you hear out of it? I was like, yeah. I can hear you being patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the left ear heard just fine how much you didn't think it should hurt. But uh, she hooked me up, man. I got some amoxicillin. I'm still pounding that. We are we're trying to we're trying to survive. Trying to survive. Well, um, you know, I wouldn't have guessed at the stand up show last night that you had any issues. So you must be doing all right. I can't hear it all out of my right ear, which could be a, I don't know if that's permanent damn. I'm just hoping it ain't. I'm just hoping mm, we'll get through yeah. it. <laughs> But uh, my balance is good. I've only fallen five or six times. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of balance, we got a well-balanced show here. we got Briz here today. Briz, longtime buddy, my couch cuddler. When we play the Spooker Dukers, he's grown out his hair. He looks exactly like Jesus Christ, the white mm-hmm. version. Yeah. And he's been getting ripped lately. He's got a lot of good things going for him. Uh, but you've got you've got three kids. You're, you're pretty much over it. Steve out there, though. Just had his first. Welcome to the mm-hmm. club, Steve. I know you're out there. You're listening. Congratulations. That baby arrived. Just so the listeners know, everybody's happy and healthy, doing well. Steve will be back one day once he gets over this new babyness. Everyone's all excited about the new baby. And then after a while, they're like, you know what? It's not that cool. Let's get back to podcasts. So we're just yep. waiting. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, when my first was born, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to be doing baby stuff 24-7. Uh, but that little bastard just falls asleep. They just sleep. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I can play World of Warcraft. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Eventually it does happen. Uh, but yeah, just so everyone knows that happened, it's all good. And then, uh, at the end of the show today, so you're going to get a, you're going to get a double dip of hot dudes today. I brought the hottest dudes today. Uh, we've got me, of course, and then, uh, Briz. And then Captain Drachma's coming on the later half of the show to help out with the heavy lifting of the beat tweets. I'm just trying to spread the love while Steve's out. Got my two handsomest bros here. No offense to all my other handsome bros. Weedo, I know you're out there. You are. You're good looking. But uh, these are ones that were willing to hop onto a podcast with me. So, first, let's talk about games that are coming soon. May 2nd through May 16th. That's 2023, year of our Lord and Savior, Brizz's Christ. Uh, Briz, I'm I having... Ugh, what's going on? Did I fall down a hole? I'm pretty sure Pam mentioned Redfall last episode. Are they just going to pretend to release it ever so often to see if we feel better about it? Yeah, I, I want to say maybe it was originally supposed to come out sooner and maybe they delayed it a week or something like that. I remember there being some Twitter posts going around, but uh, it's definitely coming out May 2nd, uh, which I guess is the day this episode should air. Mm, that's right. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. Let me know we, what you think. Yeah. Do you we, think they found more frames? Cause it was the frames people were upset about. You think in the week they found upwards of 30 more frames? Um, I wish they did. I was, I'm one of those people that 
when they sent the sent the tweet that's like it'll just all be 30 frames a second i was the one that responded with that gif of the guy in the stadium that's like really disappointed you know what i mean uh because i love me some high frame rates uh and it's you know you buy these fancy new consoles, they talk about how powerful they are, and then you're like, but it's still running at the same rate as, you know, Xbox 360 games. Come on. But, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to hit on it too much because, uh, you know, I'm in in a little co-op group with Pam and PD and Burger, and we've been playing four-player games once a week uh, for, I don't know, two three years now it's it's been a while um and we are running out of four player games to play so we're very excited for redfall to come out um you know there there have been other games we've been excited for and they came out and they didn't really live up to the hype so you know we're cautiously optimistic um but this does appear to be kind of down our alley We've played a lot of, you know, zombie shooter games. Uh, this is not zombies, but it's vampires, similar sort of scenario. Um, you know, four different characters, different classes, different abilities. Um, so we're definitely going to jump in. Oh, I forgot to mention the best part. It's on Game Pass, so we don't have to pay anything for this. So even if it sucks, uh, you know, we lose out on maybe a couple hours of our time. No big yeah. Deal. Trying to download it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Sounded, sounded more hopeful than the, the internet seemed like, and I said this last episode, I was like, did they do something bad? <laughs> did, they, did they forget to pay a bunch of people? They should have paid for this. They did do something bad. They, they left didn't out 30 make it frames. 60, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they had never, you know, I'm the kind of person that I, I don't really pick up on it. If they had never said it, I would have probably never known. You're the kind of guy that would immediately been like counting frames in his head. Like, wait a minute. That was yep. only 40 on that cycle. What the fuck? No, I think quite the, their, their big mistake was they had advertised it as 60 frames per second before. It's even oh. like on the box. It Oof. says 60 frames, but they had to add a sticker that says coming in a later patch or something like that. Oh, so, man. I mean, they kind of dug the hole themselves. Makes sense, yeah. But, you know, I won't hold it against them too much. I'm I'm still going to give it a shot. I mean, they should have just renamed it to Framefall. And people would have understood. <laughs> um, well, speaking of divisive games, you know, most times, most times in history, people would be super stoked for a new Zelda game, and I'm one of those people. You got Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It snuck right up on us, man. I feel like it just... Within the last, I don't know, a couple of months, we all knew like one was coming, but in the last couple, we feel like mm-hmm. it came out fast. It had like that Fallout 4 momentum where it was like, here's some gameplay, by the way, it's coming like pretty soon, yeah. which is exciting. I, I love when, when companies do that. They should do that more often. I agree. Yeah. You don't, you're not left waiting like summer 2024. It's like, I'll be dead by then. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Give it to me now. So I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, you know, there's, there's legions of Breath of the Wild haters out there that just see this as round two. You know what? Fuck them. Stay out of my game. Don't get in there and be sour about it. Let me have it. Let me enjoy it. I think it looks pretty cool. You get to fly around now and shit, and it looks pretty neat. So I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I'll tell you, though, man, my backlog's pretty stacked, in, and as, as excited as I am for a follow-up to Breath of the Wild, I'm not in the mood for it right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm-hmm. wait. 
I'm going to wait a few months, see how it shakes out. Maybe I'll get it for myself come Christmas, maybe maybe birthday. So I'm excited for it, but not not so excited that I want to pick it up anytime too soon just because I see it as a daunting game and I got an alphabet to get through, guys. So Yeah, and you know, I don't I don't think Nintendo's gonna miss your sixty dollars. I think no. that'll be all right. So Yeah. They're like, Where's Travis? Wait, will you count it on Travis? <laughs> it's like, dudes, I've never bought a game at full price in my life. You know better. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. What we got we yeah. got one more. What else are you excited for? Yeah, so this one uh you know, it's not way up there on my my hype chart, but I know a lot of people will be excited for it. It's Darkest Dungeon 2. Um, I tried the first one several times, and that game is so punishing. Um, I would, you know, start a run, my guys would, you know, go insane or have crippling... Uh, anxiety, and then I would just, <laughs> my party would fall apart and die. But I do love the, like, the atmosphere and the art style in the game, and like the narrator, how everything is just like on the brink of collapse and just despair everywhere. So I was checking out the trailer for the sequel, and it actually looks pretty cool. They, They've updated it to be 3D models. However, they retain the like 2D uh, drawing style of the first one. Um, so it still has that same vibe, but you know the the characters are animated now and a little more detailed. And there's some some new additions to the game where you're kind of riding uh, cart through this 3D world instead of just being at your little home base full of menus all the time. You know, this is probably one that I'll eventually check out. I'm not going to pick it up day one. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll wait and see how other people feeling about it. But yeah, looks pretty cool. Right on, man. Yeah, Darkest Dungeon. Two. Two. On the PC on oh, yeah, May 8th. May 8th. PC. And I assume it'll eventually come to consoles like the first one did. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, so those are the games we're looking out for. But now it's time, I think, and I, don't worry, I sanitized it, but it's time for you to set your, your firm bottom into our hot seat. Oh, no. Yep. You you cleaned it first, right? Of course I did, yeah. Yep. I think yep. I see some little flecks of skin stuck to it. Are you <laughs> that sure? Was, that was Pam. I don't know why. Ha she had a rough go. Uh, all right. I couldn't chisel all that off, but uh should be okay, I think. Should be safe. Yep. Yep. Very all nice. right. All right. I think I got it. All right. First question here. It's going to be a tough one. Would you rather be born with an elephant trunk or be born with a giraffe neck? <laughs> Oh man, um, I think I'd have to go giraffe neck. You want you want a big old neck? Yeah. Um, now you can't ride in a car anymore. You got to have the top down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, people like tall dudes. <laughs> <laughs> people, people like them. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. do you think? I don't know if it'd make you better at basketball because you still your 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 neck would be way up there, but you still couldn't 
Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to like scratch my chin. <laughs> you just rub or, it on like, a tree. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to like wash my hair. Uh, oh, that's true. You'd have man. to just literally dunk your head into a river to wash your hair. Uh, I may have made a huge mistake here. Uh, let let me go back. I want I want to have an elephant trunk. Yeah. Uh, because then, like, I could use that as a third hand, right? So you could. I could like eat peanuts with it while I'm playing a video game, and then oh, then my controller stays clean. I feel like the I eat eat- peanuts thing was like kind of racist toward elephants, but I'll allow it. It's like they're always uh, just I'll, eating okay. peanuts all day I'll, long. I'll, I'll switch it to Cheetos so my <laughs> so my controller cleanliness. Uh, the end of your trunk is just covered <laughs> in nacho cheese. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I could probably uh, you know reach around and scratch my back with it. You know I'm assuming it's pretty long. You could do a lot of reach arounds with it, actually. <laughs> you know, having a trunk like that—that's that's an HR person's worst nightmare. Like that guy's got a trunk. We got to look out for him. He's getting grabby. You know, yeah. It, maybe it has a mind of its own. You know, can't can't always control that's what true. it's doing. I mean, doesn't isn't that how uh, elephants smell? You'd always be smelling things that are really far away from your face. That could be mm. good or bad. Yeah, true. But, you know, in comparison to the, you know, what we were saying about the draft neck, I think maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. It'd be easier to drive a manual transmission, I think, with the trunk, because then you get like an extra foot for the clutch. You just slap mm-hmm. your trunk off of it, <laughs> shift. You don't have to worry about moving your brake foot. Oh, and I could, uh, I could put like two hands and a trunk on an N64 controller. Oh, dude, that's the best. That'd be the best way to play. <laughs> Because imagine if you're playing video games as a giraffe, like you're going to have your neck craned or your TV mounted super high. (laughs) Uh, That'd be the worst. Yeah, I'm glad you talked me out of that. Yeah, I normally don't do that, but I was like, bro. All right. Uh, Now, this is the quintessential Briz version of a fuck, marry, kill. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be. Okay. Fuck, marry, kill. Skyrim. Morrowind and Oblivion. Which Ooh. one you ha- which one you banging? Which one you marrying? And which one are you killing? Oh man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with kill so I can okay. get that out of the way. Sure. Uh, I'm going to kill. Mm, man, I'm broken, folks. I hate to say it. I'm gonna kill Morrowind. I, uh, I thought I thought you might. And for folks at home, if you don't know, Briz, big Bethesda fan. Tim Howard, he has cutouts like Todd of uh, yeah, he has Baywatch <laughs> babes, but he's cut out Tim Howard's face and put it Todd. over top of their face. It's Todd Howard. Get they, it what right. was I saying? Tim. <laughs> Tim. Oh, no, Todd. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you or him. I'm so sorry. He came at me there. What was that? All right, mean? and uh, so I think I'm gonna have to fuck. Skyrim, of course, uh, yeah, because well, it is it is the sexiest yeah. out of the three, and I'm gonna marry Oblivion because it's just wholesome. You know, it's brightly colored, uh, blue sunshine, and green grass. Yeah, you just feel like you can relax in Oblivion, or in Tamriel anyway. Not actually in Oblivion. Yeah, that's a bad place. That's more like the hot seat. 
That is. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel bad about killing Morrowin because that is where I got into the series. But I did um, start playing it again not too long ago when it became backwards compatible. And it's a little rough going yeah. back to it. So I'm going to have to let that one go. Understand. Well, I'm not going to make it easier on you here because I want you to do the same thing. But for Fallout 3, 4, and 76. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, 3, 4, and 76. All right. I'm going to kill... Mm, Fallout 76. Wow, but that's that's your... Uh, I know. You beat the drum for that one. I You're did. You're their guy. You and Todd talk about that all the time. Um, I, I did really enjoy it. Um... And I did, you know, come to its defense a lot. Um, but, you know, in comparison to the mainline games, it is missing some stuff, right? It's It doesn't have that um, main questline narrative that kind of drives you through the game. You know, they've added some stuff since it released. Uh, but, you know, it's not quite the same. It's... Right, because it's like an open world multiplayer thing. You know, the the story isn't as like epic or um, you know as dire as it is in the other games. Um, and you know, just the fact that other people are running around the world sometimes just kind of sucks. Yeah. Know? Um, but I still, you know, I still played it for hundreds of hours and had a lot of fun with it but I'm going to oh man I'm gonna fuck <laughs> Fallout 3 because I think it's just dirty <laughs> yeah that that game's just like grimy yeah it is and, all green and stuff yeah like everything is gray green that makes me I'm interested filthy. why you choose to bang that you just like you just like a real slutty game all of a sudden yeah, you know, sometimes I hear you, you just want to, you know. Like, it's got a face tattoo, but it's cute. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a little on the dangerous side. Like, I might sure. catch something. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you do it for the story. Okay, so you're going to marry Fallout 4. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't really have a good reason for that. However, Fallout 4 did add the addition of companions um right and, the dog i love the dog. well i was gonna say uh my boo-boo uh piper oh okay yeah i i remember using piper at one point yeah mm -hmm. so, so yeah I, I guess i could you know piper seems like a good companion so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna marry fallout 4 i don't know if that makes sense I think it does, yeah. Also, I was one of the few people that thought the base building of Fallout 4 was kind of cool. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I just liked that they yeah. kind of had it. I spent a ton of time doing that. The only complaint I have is I wish there was fewer places to build. Like, it's it's cool that you have, like, you know, three or four main places to build, but eventually you unlock, like... I don't know, 20 different settlements that you can build in. And after a while, you're just like, you toss up a bed and a campfire and you're like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. 
Say I'm not Bob Vila, all right? <laughs> Some of you are going to have to learn this trade. Yeah, this isn't, uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity. <laughs> all right, one more. All right, this is the last mm. one. Yeah, I got one more for you on the way out here. What is your proudest gaming accomplishment? Let the, pe- let the people know. Wow. Oof. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if other people would think this counts, but, um, when growing up, I was the youngest of three brothers. So whenever we got to play a co-op game, that meant number one, I wasn't like waiting around for my turn to play. Like I could jump in there and play with them. Right. And number two we weren't competing and I wasn't just getting my ass handed to me <laughs> right. by my older brothers. So I have a, I've always had a very strong love for co-op games and like that has, you know, gone throughout my whole life, but there were points where like, I didn't really have anybody to play co-op games with. And I would, you know, try to play with some random people online, but it's just not the same. And so for a long time, you know, uh, there'd be like a really cool looking co-op game would come out and I would have nobody to play with it. So I just wouldn't play it. Um, But over the past, you know, two or three years through the Polykill Discord, I've made a bunch of friends that like we play co-op. I play more co-op games than any other kind of game now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So my my great, greatest gaming accomplishment right now is having uh, created a community of friends that I can play with like on a regular basis. I, I'm like making up. I'm making up for lost time, right? Yeah. No, I get playing. That. <laughs> that's cool. So I don't know. Yeah, that was a good. That's a good. That plugged a lot of good things there. So. Good hot seat. I think you survived it. I hope you brought lube for Fallout 3 and Morrowind. It's going to be hard. They got little disc holes. But um yeah, could be could be interesting. I did get kind of hot there. My seat is a little warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are sweating. That's okay. All right. Well, you know, as they say around here, you got to play them to beat them and then you can just go ahead and beat them. We're going to cover both here because I'm talking to Briz and Seth, a.k.a. Captain Drachma, in separate areas of the show, so they get to talk about whatever they want to talk about gaming-wise. Uh, so, uh, Briz, why don't you get started off here? What's something you're working on? What's something you beat lately? Uh, I'll start with what I beat. Um, I recently, my most recent beat is uh, The Order 1886, which I played on PlayStation 5. You know, when I got my PS5, um, I already had a little backlog of games that I had built up because I have a uh, Sony credit card and it had like reward points, so I had bought a bunch of stuff. So I had like um, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. Horizon, Forbidden West, God of War, and for some reason, uh, the first thing I played was Astro's playroom yeah the second thing i played was <laughs> the order 1886 right yeah let's play something <laughs> new and something old yeah i get yeah. it um but you know when i was adding this to my backlog i, I keep a, a out of 10 rating for what i thought of these games i gave the order a six out of 10 mm. it was bordering on a seven out of 10 it 
is a gorgeous game. Like, I think it's something like eight years old now or something. And it was 2016. It was like a PS4 Mm -hmm. title. Um, I don't know if the PlayStation five is doing any sort of like upscaling like the Xbox does on old games, but I mean, it looks amazing. The, and the voice acting is really good. Um, the story is really interesting. Uh, my only kind of gripe about it is that they, there was not much variety in the combat. It was sort of, you know, you know, make your way from point A to point B, learning a little bit about the story along the way. And then, you know, stay in this shooting gallery and just shoot a bunch of dudes until they're dead. And then you, you know, restock your ammo and repeat. And it seemed like there were only like two or three enemy types. There's just like standard dudes, shotgun dudes, and like dudes that have armor on or something. Well, there's werewolves too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another thing. The werewolf combat was... Not great. It's just peekaboo. <laughs> yeah, it's like they you see them, they wait a few seconds, and then they charge you. You have to dodge and then repeat. And you just try to shoot them, dodge, shoot them, dodge. And like if you're <laughs> the first time I fought one, I didn't have the timing of the dodge down. Like I wasn't sure what was going on. And so the fucking thing would just like rush me and knock me over and run away and rush me and knock me over and run away. And it was so frustrating. But once I figured out, oh, you just, it's just timing, right? You know, just wait a second, dodge, wait a second, dodge. And then the boss fights where you're fighting like the big werewolf guys, it's all just quick time events, right? It's just push the stick to dodge in the direction that it tells you. And, you know, it looks very good and it's very cinematic, but it's not very challenging or rewarding. And then the game seems to end before it should. I agree. It felt so fast. Like, cause yeah. it, you know that where that room it takes you into where you're like with Tesla and it shows you like all these things you can eventually upgrade. It's mm-hmm. like, that made me think they had plans for a lot bigger game at one point. It does seem, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like I heard that, you know, development was running long or whatever. So they got to a point where they just had to like ship it. Mm. So I would not be surprised if there actually was a bunch of content they cut out. But, you know, in in the story, it's like there's the big bad guy, right? And then there's like the kind of lieutenant dude underneath him. And then the game just ends when you kill the lieutenant dude. And there's like (laughs) so much unresolved, but you know, overall is still very like high quality game. And yeah, I mean, it's polished. I didn't like have other than the things you pointed out where it seems like there's some hand waving with the difficulty just being extra dudes. Yeah. There's not a lot. I mean, mechanically, it feels good. It looks good. Story's actually decent for what's there. I really like the premise, you know, the like alternate history, Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, Um, that's cool. I kind of wish that there were more of them um, and they had like proper time and 
budget to to finish the thing. But I don't know if that'll ever happen now. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, six out of ten's not bad. I mean, it's decent. That's about what I would yeah. have. That's about what I gave it to. So consensus here. Um, cool. So a game that I started because uh, I needed needed a peak game. Got to get the peak game in there. Uh, mm-hmm. P- Panzer Dragoon Saga, or Saga. If you don't speak Appalachian, <laughs> and that's a that's a notable Sega Saturn pricey boy that I managed to get a hold of not too long ago. And uh, hey, might as well play it, right? Now I got to admit I haven't put a lot of time into it, but. It's not what I expected, or I guess I didn't know what to expect, but when I started playing it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is... All right. So if you've ever played Panzer Dragoon before, which is uh, Panzer Dragoon 1 and 2, basically on-rails dragons, shoot-em-ups, right? Mm -hmm. But this one is an RPG in that world. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that's going to be like. But it really is like that while you're like on the dragon. Uh, at least so far early in the game, very early in, like 45 minutes in. I basically just went through the tutorials. So is it still like an on-rails dragon flying game, but with just like skills <clears throat> and stats or something? So it's not on-rails. Uh, you're It's a bit open world. You can you fly the dragon around and uh, go to different places on a map. Gives you sort of indication where to go. You can talk to folks and then you can... Uh, you have battles, uh, and again, this is just so far that it might branch out and do other stuff, but so far my battles are in air, and uh, they might all be, I don't know. But uh, you can, like, position yourself around, so, like, you know, enemies approach you, and it, it becomes, like, locked in to where it's nearly a turn-based mm. uh, uh, battle. And you can maneuver around the enemy, so you can go, you know, you can find their weak spots going, positioning yourself. Then you have some attacks that have cooldowns and uh you can charge up attacks and that kind of thing so it's really cool so it's not you know by definition not an action game uh but i think i like the way it's structured because it does like you're still in the action because you you do need to maneuver your your uh your dragon around and make sure that you're not in their you know line of fire and that you're where you can attack them and keep your your stats engaged you got heal magic and stuff so it's really it's it's pretty neat so far i'm looking forward to getting back into it it's not what i expected but then when i started playing it i was like well of course this is like all it could have been right it's the closest to an on rails rpg you can come up with so it's kind of neat yeah it sounds interesting but that's all i've got going so far but man you you've been playing some freaking (laughs) recent hallmarks and these are games that i think i sometimes confuse the titles in my head i don't know how you're keeping them straight over there (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally didn't plan this, um, but you know, after I beat the order, I was looking for the next thing I'm gonna play on on my PS5, and I decided to bust out Ghost of Tsushima. And so far, I've only played through like the initial um, m- set of missions where it's kind of linear, and then I've done you know once it gets to the open world, I've done one additional mission. And so far, like, I'm totally getting the hype that people have for this game. Good. I love this game, dude. It, like, I mean, I'm still early days, right? But it doesn't feel, in terms of the narrative, it doesn't feel like an open world game. It feels like a Mm single-player, story-crafted game. And two... Two like 
aspects of the game that like I just fell in love with immediately. So in that initial tutorial mission, they teach you how to sneak and you sneak so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, any, any other game you go to sneak and it's like, Oh, now I'm going like half the speed and this sucks. But in this game, it's like you just crouch and, and that just feels really good. Yes. And then, because that means like, um, even if you get caught or, or whatever, like you don't feel punished from sneak failure, you still feel empowered because sneaking's still fun. It's not slowing yeah. you down. And I like how, you know, when somebody starts to like possibly notice you're there, like the little effect that it gives yeah. you, it kind of like slows down a little bit and kind of highlights them. So, you know, um, you know, who you need to avoid. But then the second thing I really liked was, you know, you get to the, the part where you find your sword and you do like a flashback to when you were training and you do like the little combat tutorial with your sensei or whatever you call that guy, your uncle. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start calling and- <laughs> my uncle sensei, whatever you call him. Uncle Sensei. Sensei Doug. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, you finish the tutorial and it takes you back to the present day. And then, you know, a guy spots you and jumps through the window or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, you just did the tutorial. Now here's your chance. You're going to actually do combat for real. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And I like held up my sword and just one one swipe Mm. just straight through his torso, like just killed him immediately. I was like, I am such a badass. Like I just started this game and I already felt awesome. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I get it. I get why people like this. It's a definitely like a top 20 all timer for me. And I also love how it was, it's creative with uh, being open world and not having uh, a HUD where the wind, you just go the way of the wind. Yeah. And that's sort of built into sort of the, the spirit of the game too. Or yeah. does it feel hokey? Like you just, mm-hmm. you, you, you just do, you, you go, you go where the wind blows and do what you got to do next. It's such a cool effect. And it's kind of sad that other games can't really copy it. Right. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't seem right. I agree. I can see something game. like, like Zelda maybe could do it a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. they could come up with like a wind gimmick that made sense but yeah this i, I was thinking the same thing when i was playing i was like you know you're not like fallout's not going to do that like, yeah <laughs> follow the radiation yeah follow the radiation <laughs> and, and it doesn't really make sense for skyrim to do it either because yeah i don't know yeah so yeah i think it is a really cool effect there are well the one thing about that game i noticed is like is it just always fall because leaves are mm-hmm. just all over the place yeah i noticed that but uh it's it just feels really cool so yeah. i don't mind just yeah, it's, like it's awesome feels epic for some reason yeah. um one one other thing i wanted to mention about it that i like is in you know in a lot of games where there's a parry mechanic i don't like having to learn it for example like in elden ring because like every enemy has a different timing on their attacks so you have to learn every single enemy's attack patterns to be able to parry effectively. Mm -hmm. So I just said, no, 
and I used a giant shield and I just blocked stuff. But in Ghost of Tsushima, at least so far, it seems like pretty much if you hit the parry when it gives you that little indicator that they're about to attack, like it works on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like somebody's going to do like a fake swing. You, you parry and then they're like, ha ha, fuck you. Now I'm actually going to attack you. <laughs> right. So that, that felt good. The combat does get tricky later because you do have to learn different stances that mm, you have to incorporate. Okay. So it does have some layers to it, but I don't think it ever feels like, you know, unfair or overwhelming. Okay. Well, uh, on top of Ghost of Tsushima, I somehow also started Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, I was wondering if, like, you accidentally started the wrong game and then just (laughs) went with it. You know, that would make more sense if they were on the same console, but I'm playing Ghostwire on Xbox, and I got that um, from Game Pass. I downloaded it, uh, I don't know, last week or something and just got around to starting it, and I'm really liking it so far. Have you played it? No, I've not. It was on, you know, it caught my attention when it was coming out, but I, I've not really even kept up with it. It's, um, it's like a first person game and you use like magic. Um, I don't know if I can really do justice trying to describe the game, but you know, it's, it's in Tokyo. This fog has taken over the city and essentially killed every person that was in the city and, they just kind of like disappear. So you're walking around and you just find like piles of clothes laying on the ground, wherever Mm. somebody was. And then within, you know, the area like spirits and ghosts and things are like crossing over. So you're having to kind of fight them and send them back to where they came using these uh, different types of hand magics or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But you walk around Tokyo, just it looks gorgeous. It runs great. For some reason, everything is wet. So you see all the like reflections of the, the pretty lights on the buildings off the roadway and everything. They really want to show that off. It's kind of like Ghost of Tsushima wanting to show off their particle <laughs> physics. They're like, look, yeah. we did water in this game, though. Check that out. <laughs> it's like you can see that shit sign shining off the road. Isn't that cool? Hell yeah. It's like, yes, yes, it is. And um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a, a lot of... Um, collectathon stuff going on as well there's like spirits of people kind of around the the city that you can absorb into this um like paper craft thing and you can essentially like save their soul or whatever i got to the top of a building and i could see a bunch of these like on tops of other buildings and it kind of became like a um like a crackdown like orb hunt sort of thing. Oh, like yeah. I was like, mm, how do I get to the, that building top? And, you know, I'm like plotting out different ways to get across. So I, I've probably sunk maybe an hour and a half or so into that so far. So still, you know, early days on both of these games, but uh, really liking both of them so far. The only downside is I picked two G games for some reason. So oh. it's not, not helping my, the alpha my uh, alphabet. Yeah. I guess at least one of them will count, but oh well. If you're anything like me, you'll bask in that Ghost of Tsushima for quite a bit. I don't know if that do- I don't know what that does for you, but I spent a lot of time in it, mainly because I wanted to, not because mm-hmm. I needed to. 
That's cool. Two ghosty games. Not even, we're not even, they're not even spooky games. That's the fun thing nope. about it. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird how it goes. Well, I want the one that I beat that I wanted to talk to you about because I know you're a big fan of the series. I, uh, I wrapped up it just in the span of time that it's been since the last recording, Life is Strange True Colors. And a good reason for that is because I had two ears that wanted to murder me from inside my own head <laughs> and I didn't move for all of last week. And, and I managed to wrap this game up in two day span. Uh, nice. and it's about a 10, 10, 12 hour game. So, uh, you've played, have you played all of what Life is Strange has to offer, including Captain Spirit? Like, have you ran through the whole catalog? Yes, I've played everything. And so, where does this one, Life is Strange True Colors, rank among those um, for you? My my gut reaction is number one. Really? Is it even close? Yeah. I mean, of course, I've, I've kind of fell in love with the series with the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I also really liked before the storm. So I don't know, maybe I wouldn't say it's a three way tie. I'd say maybe it's like true colors and maybe just behind that before the storm. Okay. And then just behind that, the first one. I gotcha. And then life is strange two is like way down at the bottom. All right. I've not played (laughs) the, so life is strange two is the only one I haven't played. And, um, and Captain Spirit, if we want to factor that one in, that's just like a little two hour thing. Yeah. And it kind of ties into two. Okay. Um, I think, you know, you'd be totally fine to skip two altogether if you wanted to. Really? Okay. Interesting. (laughs) That low on it. Um, well, True Colors was a pleasant surprise. And I, I'd asked you about like, which ones I should play, which is how I was informed about this one. What's interesting is that this one, at least to me, as far as I could tell, doesn't tie into any of them other than just being a, having the same flavor. There is one character that crosses between before the storm and true colors, but like you wouldn't have to know that for it. Like it doesn't really mean anything. It's, it's just like, if you know that you're like, Oh, that's cool. Is it a spoiler to, to to know who it is? Or is I don't it just think a, so. Is it more of a fun fact? I think it's a fun fact. <laughs> well, who it's, is it? uh, Steph? Oh, she she is in before this. Have you played before the storm? Yeah. Okay, she is like one of the the D and D dorks. Okay. In in the high school. Um, okay. I don't yeah. remember that specifically, but okay, that's cool. So. Well, this game, and maybe if no one's played this, they're wondering what the hell, but these games are like just (laughs) sort of the, I mean, you do get to control a character a bit. You walk around rooms and stuff. I guess it borders that um, first-person exploration genre a little bit, but it's, you know, less action, more like decision-making and just kind of carrying out tasks. But the point of this one is um, like your character can sense emotion and can kind of manipulate it within mm-hmm. other people that she senses it in. And it tells a really, I mean, this life is strange. The, if nothing else, the stories are always incredible and they're episodic. Mm-hmm. So they kind of leave you hanging a little bit. This one, not so much of a cliffhanger. Like I wasn't left hanging at the end of each one necessarily. Like I was some of the other ones, but the, um, the story was really rich and it, I feel, I feel like it started slow. Like the first chapter, I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not really jiving with all this. But, man, by like 
hour two or whatever, maybe not even that long. I was so hooked. Yeah. Again, I almost <laughs> played the whole game all in one sitting. They do a good job of um, giving you that gut punch yes. real real early in the game. Yes. And they, I guess they know that's what I'm there for, right? It's like I play these games to like feel emotions that I don't normally <laughs> feel. Yeah. And so they're like, well, how about this? Pow. And I'm like, oh, God, it, no, it hurts. Let's keep playing. Yeah, it that is true. And they also do a good job of creating a world that it, it feels it feels real and otherworldly at the same time. Like it almost feels like it's straight out of like a 90 soap opera in a way. Like cause mm-hmm. there's like almost like Twin Peaks. There's like yeah. there's these towns or whatever that that feel real but probably aren't and they're they're always seemingly cut off from the rest of society and yeah people find their way here and that, I feel like that's true for all of them where all these people just kind of come together and, and something crazy happens and uh, that's where things get strange so to speak so I'm a huge fan of these games and I, you do have to you can't really say much about these games without just spoiling everything yeah but um, I do recommend them for anyone that likes you know, especially narrative driven games um, something that's I mean there no, there's no challenge to it. You're just you're basically taking in a story. There was one thing that I had trouble finding. I had to go talk to someone, and the town's small, but I could not find them. They were like <laughs> down an alley, but yeah. I didn't check. So there was that. <laughs> and there's also like this whole thing where you basically the town turns into like this uh, like Renaissance fair D and D kind of thing, which yeah. is like a co- totally cool twist. Yeah, that like when that when I encountered that and saw what happened, like. That just put a smile on my face. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because just for a second, the game's just for a minute. It's an RPG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed this. So, so you're ranking them as Life is Strange, True Colors, solid. Life is Strange yep. 1, really good. Beyond the Storm, which is a, is that a prequel to the first one? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Before the Storm. Right, because it's the yeah, first one is kind the of storm the, in the first game, the storm, and then the yeah. second one. You said does it really have anything to do with? Yeah, like as far as I could tell, there was really no connection. It was sort of like a, all right, the you know we talk, we told you Max's and Chloe's story. Now let's jump across the country to these other kids and tell oh. their story. Kind of that's kind of what it seemed like, and it was just um, very depressing. It's like these kids have no control over the circumstances that they're in and they just go from like bad situation to worse situation just constantly Mm. and it's you know there's there's some high points but just overall the game just felt like a drag to play Uh, through gotcha Uh, so I, I can't really recommend it however if you're looking for you know more of the same type of game I was a big fan of Tell Me Why, which is like not a you know not in the Life is Strange universe, but it was made by the people who made the first one. Um, and it's the same style of game. Okay, so you might want to check that one out if you haven't played it. Right on, I will. And are there whispers of more of the Life is Strange franchise? Are they making more of those? Um, I haven't heard anything, but I can't imagine that they wouldn't. 
I feel like True Colors did pretty well. Um, definitely critically, if not commercially, but um, I, I mean, I would be surprised if they didn't make more. Gotcha. All right. Good stuff. Well, that's it for the games that we're going to be talking about. You have to yep. stick around for after the ad read to see what Seth wants to talk about. But speaking of that ad read, folks, hey, if you like what you're hearing so far, and why wouldn't you? Be sure to check us out on our website at polymedianetwork.com for more shows. Like, for instance, Drunk Friend Alex and I, we just zipped through 2007. 2007 is a pretty rocky year for a lot of people, especially us folks that lived in Blacksburg, Brisnos. And then uh, also all the music sucked, but the movies were fun. So it's up and down. You can check all that out on the latest episode, episode 107 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. And if you're looking for a podcast with a narrative, we got you covered there. Tales of the Lesser Medium is telling video game narratives in a funny way. So check them out. You guys are in between episodes right now. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're right in the thick of recording uh, our newest three episode uh, block. And some of those are coming releasing early on Patreon, right? Heck yeah. So if you want to get in on those, check that out. And we's all, we we's also we also have <laughs> that was a bad lead into a show called We Got Goosebumps. <laughs> we's we got the also goosebumps. has We Got Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> we Got Goosebumps is covering all of the R.L. Stein Goosebumps books, starting from one. You guys have made it through ten books so far. There's a bonus episode out right now, and you have some more coming soon. That's right. So check that out, and you know, you gotta plug yourself, right? It feels good. So I gotta plug the the only podcast I'm usually on, uh, which is Off Kilter. Now we have uh, a rocky schedule right now. We're we're kind of targeting roughly uh, holiday releases. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whichever it's, one it's, is next. <laughs> yeah, whenever we have time, whatever it's closest to. However, if you haven't ever listened to Off Kilter, there is a pretty big back uh, catalog of episodes that still hold up. I went back and started listening to them recently, and I was cracking myself up. So uh, check those out if you're interested. That's right. We also got uh, a couple movie podcasts these days. You can always check out Uncle Doug's DVD bin if you want to hear me and my pal Kevin. Just chat about your favorite old movies, man. And we've got a whole new season that we're working on. We're almost done with it. We've been we've been a little slow. We've had some things going on. We both got involved with stand up and and uh, COVID and sinus infections, uh, the trifecta. So it's been a bit slow, but more coming. But if you want a movie podcast that's going to maybe scare you a little bit and also just actually releases episodes, you got split up. The newest one to our lineup featuring Dylan and our pal Jeff goes by Mook. And uh, it's been it's been a fun ride with those guys. I'm on one of the recent episodes. You can find Pam on a recent episode, and they have a, an episode coming out soon with another name you folks might uh, find familiar. So check out those podcasts as well. And if you're looking for some recommendations for some good indie games, IndieQuest has you covered with their quest log. Now they're covering everything indie and obscure. Did I say that right? I think I did. Uh, of course, uh, Blink is, you know, with Baby right now. So, uh, Captain Drachma and Josh Frantic Leslie uh, were on the most recent episode talking about a couple of bangers. 
So definitely if you're looking for something uh, to add to your backlog, check that out. That's right. And there's also Point and Drink Adventure, right? Yeah. Um, my co-op buddies, Petey and Pam, uh, they get together and they talk about what they're drinking, what they're buying, what they're playing, what they're watching. So pretty much everything they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> when they're planning to see each other again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically just having a great time making the rest of us feel jealous. Definitely check them out on YouTube. PD does a great job editing those with a lot of little extra tidbits um, that really enhance the podcast. So check that out. Yeah, it's really good stuff. She's going to burn out soon. I just know it. But until then, please, folks, go there and enjoy what she's doing. And then, uh, you know, if you want, we got a Patreon. You can support us there, patreon.com forward slash polykill. And that's going to feed the whole network. So it's not just this podcast that's going to benefit uh, all of the ships in the harbor there. Find a tier that works for you. If you're interested in helping out the network, you get early access to stuff, including any podcast that we put out early over here, uh, Nest Friend videos, uh, etc., uh, and you can also join our Discord if you'd like and uh, interact with us there. That's also a place where we gather up beat tweets. Again, if you are turning yourself against Twitter, we understand. You can also follow the network as a whole on Instagram at Polymedia Network, all one word. Uh, we're trying to post over there, trying to drum up some excitement on a, yet another social media platform. So if you do have Instagram, check it out. And if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so via the email at polykillpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Reddit at r slash polymedia. No network in that one, just r slash polymedia. I am posting all the shows over there, and you can come by and leave a comment. And the best thing you can always do is tell a friend. Right, Travis? Yeah, tell a friend. Make a friend if you don't have one, and tell that friend about us. And yeah. uh, thanks, Bruce, for uh, working on that, that subreddit over there. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a good place to uh, interact with a lot of folks that uh, want to chat with us and interact with our content because podcasts, they're not like YouTube. They don't get good comments. So that's a good way to do it there. Yep. And I am on Reddit like pretty much 24-7. So if anybody wants to talk to me over there, I'll, I'll respond like <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Please, somebody, be Briz's friend is what he's asking you to do. Well, man, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out on the show. It was a good time. Uh, scalded your butt a little bit, but did get to hear about a couple ghost games you're playing. Uh, and uh, I'm curious, because uh, it's your turn to, to pick. Uh, what game are we going to be cuddled up on the couch playing um, next time we do a Spooker Dooker? Um, you know, I was really kind of debating whether we should pick up uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake yeah, and play yeah. through that because that's, uh, that's real hot right now. But I have this other game I've been sitting on for a really long time. I'm thinking maybe we should play that. It's called The Beast Within. Okay. And uh, it seems like a real spooker. So, you know, let's do it. Get ready to cuddle up. <laughs> get ready to cuddle up. That sounds good. Also, I, I, I've heard that there are uh, crates that you, you bust in Resident Evil 4 that have snakes in it. So I'll be handing you the controller for the, for oh, the, for the crates yeah. and then you can hand it back. <laughs> That'd be that yeah. would be the the agreement there, but all right. No well, problem. I can't I can't wait to play the Beast Within and uh, tell folks where they can find you uh, all over the internet. Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at HokeyBriz. However, I'm not really uh, interacting over there so much anymore, <laughs> just because of the state of the place. Uh, but I am always in the Polykill Discord, so if you want to get in there, uh, you can always find me. 
Heck yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you soon. Thank you for having me. Do you miss your buddy? Do you miss him? Hmm? Uh, I don't know. I I certain <laughs> I certainly miss the jankiness. I certainly miss the half decent takes that he brings on things. Everything's an eight out of ten. Everything is an eight out of ten, except for DDR and whatever whatever other rhythm games have been coming out lately, right? But uh, yeah. But you yeah. know. So you you just miss positivity or you just tell me you miss good things? But but everything. Everything <laughs> is an 8 out of 10. No, I mean like it, nothing I, nothing is great and nothing is bad. It's all I, just vanilla ice cream. <laughs> That's why he's a good bud. He always <laughs> lifts me up. I know. He is, he is a good bud. I I do I do miss him. I'll I'll be honest. This is your second time not recording with him. I've only not recorded with him once. And it was yeah. it was fun. Me and Josh, you know, going back and forth on things. It's a different take on things, but I also like to change it up sometimes. So, um, certainly, obviously, miss Steve. But can't wait for him to come back. And Yeah, uh, I know, you know. right? Because, goddamn, somebody needs to wrangle these B-tweets. We got Viar doing it. You know, he's halfway across the world putting in the time. We, we owe that guy. But, man, no one did it like old Steve. And you're right. No one brought the jank like old Steve, but <laughs> hey, we'll do our best. Uh, Seth, a.k.a. Captain Drogman, thanks for joining the show, man. We really appreciate it, bud. Thank you for having me on. I'm just here trying to fill the shoes of a great host from another podcast on the network that also has a host on it. So I'm going to channel my inner Steve here. Now, you, you were a, a collegiate wrestler at, at one point in your life, yeah? No. You you were aspiring. You could have. You could have. Come <laughs> Correct. on. Correct. Give me something. Correct. Correct. So, I remember. I remember having a very specific conversation with you at Magfest, where you're like, "You wrestle in college." I'm like, "No, I wanted." I feel to like wrestle. you should have been. I feel like uh, maybe I'm. You know, take it as a compliment. But um, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> your how do you think your Minnesota tenderloins stack up to his, or, or your Ohio ribeyes? How do they? How do they compare to my to our guys? Uh, my legs, I have chicken legs. That was always mm. my problem. I probably needed to skip many less leg days than I did. <laughs> I was I was definitely, as you probably have seen, I, I focus more on my upper body than I do on my legs, which is probably not a great thing. But it is very much genetic. My dad has little legs. My brother has little legs. So, Same. Steve. I've come Steve, from a chicken leg family, too. Us. You'd think us mountain folk would have better calves, but see, we spent a lot of time just sitting drunk. <laughs> right. Don't so climb not, the mountain. Just sit on the porch. Yeah. That's what I've always yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. Once you're up there, just don't move. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, I was just curious about that. Uh, all right. Well, you know, speaking of leg day, we do have a sports-themed finale coming up for folks. Because Steve will never let me do it. He won't go near a sport. You mentioned sports to that guy. It gets weird. That's one place where he's negative. You're right. And I cannot remember a time. Well, what the golf? 
Yeah. Steve has dabbled in some what the golf in the past. But is it really sports? It's. Is, did they just put a sport name on top of a, a video game? I think most people would consider that sports adjacent, which mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, which is about as close as Steve will go to any sport. That's fair. All right. Well, that's to come. But for now, hey, uh, we're going to be repeating a segment of the show because we got to play them to beat them, and then we got to beat them. All right. And Seth, here we got to hear from both what what you've been doing, what you've been up to. When have you made some names shoot up and down a screen? Uh, you know, I'll get a started light because. I knew this episode with you was coming, and I have letters I have to knock out on this Polykill Challenge 2023. One of those letters happened to be the letter N. Now, I know what we're all thinking. That's not a hard letter to find a good video game in, Trav. You got Ninja Gaidens, Gaidens, whatever you have you. Mm-hmm. You got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, nights before, dr- nights after dreams, before dreams, nights of dreams. You know what I mean. And the Christmas one, too. Yeah, and the Christmas one. I like how you didn't correct me. You're just like, and the Christmas one of whatever you're trying to say. Just rolling in, yep. (laughs) But I settled on, and I actually, let me backtrack again. Let me not, let me hold hold the phone. I picked out every letter of the alphabet game-wise I wanted to play the very first week of January. I was like, these are the ones I'm slating for the year. I can't wait. So this wasn't even a rash decision. This was something I've been excited to do. I popped in on the Wii, Nerf and Strike Elite. And a lot of people at home are thinking, the fuck is that? I'll tell you. It's an on-rails nerf em up Yep. You shoot nerf guns, your kids, shooting nerf guns at targets. It's uh, it's great. It's an automatic runner kind of deal, gallery kind of shooter deal. It's a good time. It's a great time. I didn't have... Now, here's the thing. I didn't have the nerf gun attachment, which only hurt me a little bit because there is a, a nerf vision... The red eye you got to look through that makes some things on the screen pop. But if you just shoot the thing that is most red when it asks you to, you got it. And that was pretty easy to figure out. So didn't need the attachment. Made it through a couple hours. Not even. Not even. Great time. I was going to ask. A Nerf game seems very prime for having extra stuff in the box. So... You kind of answered that it was supposed yeah. to come with something. Yeah, I didn't didn't have the gun. I can't imagine any kid being very happy with getting a Nerf something and not having something to shoot at a sibling. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, and it was just a little thing that went over the edge of the Wii mode that had like a just a red. What do you call it? Reticle thing that you can yeah, look through. Yep. Not a whole, not a fancy Nerf gun or anything like that. Just a little piece that went over your Wii mode. Don't have that. Don't need it. I did think it was pretty fun, though. It's one of those games, you get it right out of the jank bin. Steve would have loved this. But you get it right out of the old jank bin. No one's loving on that game. It's already, it's branded Nerf. You're thinking, that's junk. Scoot it out of the way. I end up having a ton of fun with it. I will I will say, Trav, you're talking sports here. Nerf and Strike Elite is sports adjacent. Sports adjacent. No, I know. And sports adjacent. Yeah. I wanted to bring it in here. I mean, if I bring in like an NCAA game in here, I mean, that's boring for everybody, even me. NCAA, yeah, that would have been, uh, yeah. No, very true. Yep. So, yeah. Did you, did you nerf back in the day? Did you get, did your, did your boys have some nerf stuff? It's funny, actually. Speaking of gun adjacent, <laughs> the boys were shooting some BB guns today. Um, just at cans. I walk out there, you know, I'm, I'm watching them, but uh, they're, they're older now, right? They're going on 12, but, uh, I walk out there, give me, give me that thing, you know, two shots, 
two cans on the ground. So I will Whoa. say, yeah, you're in yeah. their respect. They're like, dad, geez. Yeah. They kind of like look down, shuffle their feet a little bit. Like, yeah. Let's get back. <laughs> but nice. uh, yeah, the Nerf guns have gotten pretty extreme lately. I remember my brother, when my son was probably five or six, got him like this sniper Nerf gun. And we were having a good time with it, but then we decided, you know, I wonder how much this thing hurts. I mean, it hurt bad. <laughs> like, that thing could shoot a good 30 yards, and if you stand in front of it, no joke. Like, you get a welt from this thing. So, they've the old Nerf has really upped their game in the last few years. Man, that's awesome. You know, my my, mem- my one memory of nerfing around with, with my cousin, we were up in my treehouse, and I had my Nerf gun. I was way up there, too. And by way up there, I mean, it was probably like 13 feet off the ground. But that's way up there when you're like, eh, eight. Yep. And I, I turn around to fire my, the gun at my buddy who was climbing up into the tree. And I fell off backwards and landed on my back. Knocked the wind out of me. And uh, pr- pretty much just knocked me out. And my buddy runs in to get my mom. And I don't know what was said in that exchange. My mom ran outside and was crying because she thought I tried to kill myself. I knew this day would come, she thought. I know, and I was like trying to like, you know when you get the wind knocked out of you, you just sound like an elephant having sex. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to her, I was like, it on Like it wasn't, I just couldn't convey to her in a, in a succinct manner that, listen, is an accident, but also, I don't have time to explain it wasn't suicide. Can we go inside? Can somebody pick me up? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a high amount of embarrassment getting the wind knocked out of you and people like looking at you like, are you all right? You can't say anything to them. And you're kind of staring <laughs> each other in the eyes like, I'm really trying here, but nothing's coming out. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's like, I haven't had the wind knocked out of me in a while. I'm almost nostalgic for that feeling. <laughs> that feeling, yeah. That, or, or knocking heads against somebody else when you're playing outside. Like that oh. feeling of like being able to taste blood in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> your, your nose hurts. You're like, what? My, my eyes are watering. I don't know. I'm, did, I, did I fall into a pool? Uh, concussions are fun, but what anyway. are you playing? What do you what, what have you played or beat? Give me something. So I will be completely honest. Everything I have been playing, I beat up until wow. this morning. So I'll go. Let's hear. How, how about I? How about I take two? I'll take two. Yeah, two quick yeah, yeah. ones here. So the first Hit one, talk about the old Grandia, and I'm only going to touch on this one because I assume in the next few episodes steve will also be bringing grandia don't want to double up on it too hard but grandia came out here in 99 so i started it very early february finally rounding that thing out about a week ago um and it's a fantastic jrpg has a lot of that 90s goodness that you expect in your jrpgs i like that even i played the hd remaster i like that they didn't do a lot with it in terms of like handholdiness. They didn't change anything. It's basically the game as it was. They just made it prettier. But this game back then was not super punishing. Like we had already gotten past the Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest, early Final Fantasies where everything is really difficult and hard mm-hmm. to like get around, right? Like this game is much easier, a pretty breezy experience, good story. Oh, that's good. Terrible slash amazing voice acting. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it is everything you would want out of a late '90s JRPG on the PlayStation. So, dang good game. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I always uh, 
and to, you know weeks go by between episodes and steve's been bringing this game up for a while and I always kind of click over and scroll through the screens just so i can soak it in while uh someone is describing it to me and every time i'm like damn that's right this game is gorgeous yeah and i think i'm i probably when i'm you know grandia ps1 my head goes to probably pretty primitive cloudy murky probably fine for an rpg but this is like way better than you'd expect some of the cutscenes are incredible i mean they haven't aged super well they're really choppy and they didn't really clean that stuff up in the hd remake it's Mm. basically a straight port but a little bit prettier like let's put a smoothing filter on it right so you know back then the ps1 days stuff was every time a a cutscene would come up it would be run in 15 frames a second you would love it because it it looks like a cartoon or something right that you would be able to see saturday morning but it's just very choppy Still amazing game, super happy. Um, kind of a goal of mine for this year is to beat more of these long JRPGs because I've always loved them, claim I love them, but can't ever manage to finish them. Um, and Steve and I have kind of been holding each other accountable with that. So dang good game, fun to grind, fun to get your magic up, really good story, highly recommend it. Heck yeah, man. All right, what's that other one you're talking about? So the other one's a short little guy because I actually brought it to IndieQuest this week. So Double dipping, double dipping. Got to give that shout out when I can, Trev. You know how I am. So Um, That game is Haiku the Robot, a game that I actually think, I know you already penciled your stuff off and I didn't actually check the list to see if you have an H game, but it's a game that I think you would quite enjoy. If I'm being oh, honest. oh, thinking of me, I'm flattered. It is a Metroidvania gated exploration game that is very, very, very much made after the image of Hollow Knight. And oh, I won't go into it too much, but there are there are signs that these people liked Hollow Knight. I will say there are plenty. <laughs> of them. So I mean, it's. It's almost carbon copy copy e in certain ways, mm-hmm. but I think there's enough there to set it apart from Hollow Knight. That if anyone is a Metroidvania fan or specifically a fan of Hollow Knight, they should check it out. Um, plus, when your guy, your little robot, heals himself, he cranks this wrench in a very suggestive way. Just makes him look <laughs> like he's wanking the jank, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> Ah, see, you know, you know how to speak to me. You're like, you know, it looks old school and somebody jerks off in it. And I'm like, yeah, they fucked. Is it free? Where do I download? It isn't. That was my one complaint about it is it was, I think, full price. It's about 20 bucks. It might still be on sale. I think I got it for like 12 or 13. I think that's just the right price. I think it goes on sale fairly regularly, but it's a fun game. Only about an eight hour game, which is honestly Metroidvania. Speaking of pretty quick. Yeah. For sure. So, Haiku the Robot, everyone should go and take a little peek at that thing. <laughs> While he's wanking it. Yes. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, real quick here. Dad to rights. I know we're all waiting. Did Trav get by on that dad to rights? Did he and that dog make it? We made it. And I will say, I did not know when I spoke to Pam last episode, and she kind of gave me that, you know, hey, that go get it, you know, hang in there. 
and what she really wanted to say was, it sounds dumb. You should quit playing it. But I was like, you know, I really want to be, I was, I had like 15 minutes left. As soon as I ended the call with her, I said, you know what? It's not too late. I'm going to go uh, put a little time into this thing. I had credits going before I even got comfortable. I was oh. right there at the end. I hate when that happens. That I don't get a game done before an episode, and then I have to belabor it two weeks and bring it back here just to say that I did. But I, the good news is I get to put two weeks between the time that I've beaten it since. So I have like a, you know, I've, I've taken a step back and thought back on it. Time to reflect, and, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, because I'm not faced with the frustrations of it, uh, I overall think I enjoyed the experience. Uh, it tested me, which was the big the big problem. It wasn't... It's not a bad game. It's just a tough game. Tough games are, are good. Yeah. But yeah, I think it. I think it's uh, pretty decent. I will say it's if you do want to ever play Dead to Rights, I would definitely choose the PS2 or GameCube version just because it gives you the op- the difficulty options, whereas the Xbox version just says tough luck. You're playing yeah, on hard really. mode. Dark Souls. Yeah, but uh, I do think it's fun, and I I've been looking for the sequels, and I'm one of those people that. It's kind of broken where it's like if there's sequels, I kind of want to check them out, and, yeah. like the lineage and see where it goes. So, yeah, I'm I'm into it. Dead to Rights. I actually have a history with Dead to Rights, which is interesting. I remember when you brought it up, I was like, huh, Dead to Rights. I never beat it, but it was certainly the game cover that I shuffled past in my GameCube pile when I was looking for something else growing up. <laughs> like that that is what i remember i remember my brother playing it a little bit and it kind of reminded me it's it's like over the shoulder third person right That's, yeah yeah so my brother always loved the 007 games tomorrow never dies terrible game like uh, the world is not enough terrible game but when we were kids we loved 007 and it was what we had on ps1 right so my brother would always play those and this was like a graduation from those games mm. to a, a higher quality game right on the GameCube. So I would never really play those games very often. I think I was maybe too young during the, the PS one era to be any good at them, but I would, I remember watching him. So happy you got through it there, bud. Yeah, feels good. feels real good. And then I'm just going to segue into, to my last thing here. Yeah. Uh, because we're talking sports a little bit later today, I knew he was going to come on. And this doesn't satisfy a letter or anything. I just uh, happened to pick this up at a GameStop on a, on a deal, which is uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, the the newest Mario Golf iteration there on the Switch. And I got a, I got some mixed feelings about it. I'm I'm happy always for Mario sports titles because I always think they're pretty good, pretty fun. Even at their worst, they're still passable as pretty yeah. decent times. Uh, this one, you know, that has the gimmick of you sprinting between holes. Which is probably, you know, and, and it's, it's obviously made to, with multiplayer in mind. They're like, how do we make golf multiplayer? Well, maybe we just mix racing with it. So it's got, it's a good idea. I don't like playing any games with people. So it's kind of lost on me, but, um, it does have some neat little wrinkles to, to the golf aspect of it. Like, you know, it's not just purely play 18 holes or whatever. The campaign's got neat things where you got to do some trick shots, get some special clubs. Uh, go up against wind and shit. Some of it's kind of frustrating, but yeah. it's a pretty light yet fun experience. I think it fits kind of firmly in the middle of the pantheon of Mario sports titles. Nothing really that crazy, but not unfun. I think I'm pretty close to finishing it actually without, with barely attending to it. It's pretty short. Yeah. So do you think it's one of those games where you kind of have to 
lay a qualifier down to beat it? Or are you going to, you think you're going to be able to see credits on like, is there a story mode? Is that, is that yeah, what you're doing? Yeah, there's or, a, yeah. yeah, there's a campaign like you, um, from what I understand, you, you play as you, like you're, oh, you're me right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, Mar- you, like Mario tennis or like, yeah, on, pretty on Game Boy Color. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to, you know, go through the different, uh, campaign levels where, you know, it adds difficulty by adding tricks you got to do. There's boss right. battles. You got to fight guys by hitting golf shots at the right time in the right spot. So it's, it's innovative. So it's fairly slim on Mario characters within the story mode itself. Within the story mode so far, yeah, it's it it, it does the thing that I wish games would stop doing actually. Uh especially a game like this where everything is a hub world and you end up walking yeah. to go talk to people, but that's unnecessary, completely unnecessary in this game where you're you're not interested in talking to anyone except who's going to let you golf. Right. I don't want to just talk up, you know, go to an NPC and talk about the trees. I'm not interested. I know I know the quest here is to golf. So <laughs> I just need a menu for that. So it kind of does it wants to world build and by way of that sometimes you'll see Mario characters but they're not important to the campaign at all. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So it's sort of RPG e in what you're doing. You kind of take on a yeah. role and you're doing some you're not like building stats but you're going through and completing the challenge you are kind of building stats oh, really? yeah you can yeah you can level up your dude oh okay and you know get a longer drive and, and things like that you and another thing is part of your the gimmick is speed so you want to be able to race and because there are time limits on some of the maps so it's not just racing other people sometimes it's like you got to finish eight holes in what the game considers 30 minutes or whatever and uh if you carry more than seven clubs that slows you down so you have to pick your best seven clubs you don't wow. you know, burden yourself and so it has some little tricks like that that I think keep it interesting. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's not terrible, but um, some of its window dressing is unnecessary. It, it could be a much slimmer experience if they just like you know give you a menu and not make you run around and talk to a bunch of goombas. Weird to have you get overburdened by equipment in a golf game when in golf the whole point is just to jump on a cart. And take as much equipment as <laughs> makes you the best golfer ever. <laughs> and, exactly. And you said you're sprinting around the course, which is also the exact opposite of what anyone wants to do when they're golfing. But uh, yeah, well, and I think their their idea was like, what's the pinch point for people with golf? Oh, it's too slow, and yeah. and, and that's fair. They're like, well, let's just sprint. And you can like if you're racing to so everybody tees off at once, and then you just sprint down the hill towards your shot. You have like super sprint or super dash abilities where you can you know knock the other players down, kind of you know twisted metal style, and, oh, and make nice. them have to recover to get back up. So it has that going for it. Cool. Sounds like a hoot and a holler. It is indeed. Now I see here you're about to get to uh, some games, and I was I was getting ready to ask you, almost blew your spot up, but I know that. The and maybe maybe I'll let you have it and not blow it up now. But uh, there were there's a franchise. I think last year you said you were trying to get through, and I was curious how that was going. So what's the update on these Ease fellas? I played a decent chunk of the Ease boys last year. I think I played one Othin Felgana, which is a remake of three, and is the way that everyone would should everyone should play three because. I've dabbled a little bit and I think you that's the one game before Origin you had hmm. 
Beaten 3, right? Or something like that. On S- Super Nintendo, yeah, Wanderers yeah. of Ease or whatever. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So Oath and Felgana is basically that story, but top-down view like in Origin. Okay. And then I also beat Ark of Nepishtim, which is the same engine as Oath and Felgana and Origin. So I have beaten the, I don't know what the engine is called for those games, but the, the trio of those. And all of those games are really good. I think you you thought as much about Origin, which I also yeah, thought I you'd it. enjoy that game. Um, one is much different, and I beat as of this morning, Ease Two, Ancient Ease Vanished. Back when they came onto the Turbo Graphics, these games came together in what they called Ease Books One and Two. Um, I think you could buy them separately on like the Master System and things like that. Maybe even the NES. I think there was an NES version. Some of the computers had versions of it too. But uh, I have the Chronicles version, which is the most updated that there is. But honestly, after playing through it, I don't think they updated a lot. It's kind of like Grandia, except for they completely overhauled the graphics. The graphics are Hmm. extremely nice looking. It looks, to me, a lot like Origin. It doesn't run like you can tell it doesn't play the exact same way, but it looks like that. It's very pretty. Oh, nice. Yeah, I liked Origins. Yeah, very 1632 bit looking top down mm-hmm. Zelda ish, right? The big thing about East 2 that is different from East 1, well, I should, I should give some context. The big thing about both of those games is, and I don't know that any other game has done it quite like they do, but. There is something that everyone affectionately refers to as bump combat, right? In East right, 1 yeah. and 2. Where basically it's very weird to get used to like the first couple minutes, but then for the rest of the game, it's it's smooth as silk. It's weird. But you, you kind of have to do the thing that's counterintuitive to what you want to do, and that's run into the enemies. That is how you attack in these games. You just run into them. And at first you're like, okay, I can, I've been running into enemies on accident for years. I can do it on purpose. (laughs) So you kind of line up with them and you just go head on and run into them. And Adol, right? Adol is the, usually Mm -hmm. the main character in most Ease games. You bounce off and you get hurt. And it's like, what? The game just told me to run into these guys. Why am I getting hurt? Well, you kind of have to take an angle. Or approach them from behind. Like, it's 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 weird. You, oh, you have to okay. be either slightly left or slightly right, and then you hit them and they don't hit you. Is that spelled out in, like, the manual or anything? Do they give you a tip like that? So, I, both of my versions are online. But, yes, they mm. do kind of mention it, from what I recall in East 1, that, hey, if you go head on, you're going to get hurt also, right? So, you got to have to, like, stagger your attack a little bit. And it takes a little bit of getting used to an East one. And I approached East two the exact same way. And I was successful for a little while, but I started thinking about a pop-up that I got at the very beginning, because at the very beginning, you go back and forth between this town and the the wild area or whatever you want to call it. And it says in East two, you can attack diagonally. And at first in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's just telling me the same thing East One did, right? But no, actually, you have eight direction co- like mm. movement. You didn't have that in one, so you can approach guys at an angle, and it makes it way easier to fight. So oh, wow. once you learn that, you're just you're you're going going at them 
they're all catty corner to you and you're just taking them on the entire game. That's awesome. Okay. So, so what, what did you play this on actually? PC. Oh, okay. 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 Yep. I, I bought it last year. I think I wanted to hit, kill a year off or something, right? We were doing the year challenge last year and it's technically a 2013 game. This has got a big asterisk on it because I think the original East came out in like 89 or something like that. So, but right. I think it's updated enough that it was different enough that I called it a 13 game. But of course, and I highly recommend before I go any further, there are lots of East games for all kinds of people. If people don't like to play old school games, even East eight is one of the best 3d action RPGs to come out in years by most people's account. Like it really put East back on the map, but everyone is trying to kill these, these alphabet letters off. Right. So sure. Why is hard? Honestly, why is pretty tough? I think somebody threw some, a chart in into the discord the other day that said like the least amount of people have beaten Y and X games. And I will always shout out like play an East game because even if you don't want to spend a lot of time with it, origin is maybe 10 hours. I beat East two in eight hours. East one was like six. Like they're pretty short. You got to grind a little bit here and there, but pretty good games. Um, Yeah. Good podcast games, right? Yes, for sure. So heck yeah, folks listen to a poly kill or any number of poly media network shows while you're easing it up. Go That's easy right. out there, folks. I feel like a, I feel like a, a yeah. like Delilah. Go easy out there tonight, everybody. Do yep. a little <laughs> radio do a little DJ. Ease. Yeah, yeah. A little ease. Yeah, um, good recommendation, especially for these alphabet hunters out here. Uh, that's that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. So the big difference of these two is you have fire magic. You did not have magic in the first game, so you can actually shoot magic, and it basically boils a lot of the bosses down to a shmup. You shoot mm. the magic at them. You dodge whatever they're sending at you because bump combat doesn't work against most of the bosses. So you end up just having to shoot them like a classic shoot 'em up. Um, very good game. Like I said, I have a couple gripes. It is very 1980s, early 90s action RPG where it, it, they didn't change a lot about it. It does not hold your hand. No one is telling you where to go ever they just give you slight hints and everything from the first dungeon is just a massive maze and everything looks the same (laughs) so it's a little annoying from that standpoint i would say go into it knowing that consulting if if consulting a guide is going to hurt your feelings then you're going to have to spend twice as much time as i did because i could (laughs) have i could have beaten it like you're eventually gonna smack your head in the right direction but I I guided it up on this one. And it was it was enjoyable to me that way because for the most part it was just like, yeah, I know this is frustrating. Yeah, you've been turning right instead of left for the last three times you've done this circle. So hey buddy, just turn left this time or whatever, right? So <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I got, I got no gripes with a guide. Yeah. Come on. I got I need I need the time back. So right. No, I don't you know, whatever. Uh and what you got one more here. I'm excited to hear about this. I do. So have you ever played a Rayman game or maybe specifically, did you play the first Rayman game? I haven't played the first Rayman. I played Rayman, uh, I guess legends on the Wii U. Is that Wii U? Yeah. Yeah. It came out in a few different places maybe, but, um, yeah, that's the one, that's the only one I've played is uh, legends. I like it a lot. So I have a little bit of a history with the original Rayman game. 
I think most people probably played it on PS1. I know it was on a few mm-hmm. different systems. I had it on like our Windows 98 or something like that. I remember playing oh, it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a great game. I was terrible at it. I didn't know what I was doing at all. And there was no way to consult anything back then. Right. So I would just beat my head against the wall for the first few levels, quit, pick it back up three months, play it again. But it's super good music, super vibrant. But that's not the game that I played for my beat, my R beat. I played Rayman specifically for the Game Boy Color. And Mm. the reason I played this game is because that old Nintendo 3DS eShop closed down and everyone was Uh, real sad. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't buy anything before it closed down. What I decided to do was go back to my 3DS and look through the stuff that I had downloaded previously and do the old polykill approach and try to beat stuff off my 3DS backlog that I have sitting on there. Right. So smart. Yeah. Yep. So a week or two ago, or I guess a few episodes ago of polykill, I beat Wario land and this was next up on the list needing an R game. So I started up the old Rayman game boy color and it is pretty much everything you kind of remember, or I think remember that I remember from the early Rayman games, your fist in all your enemies. That's hey, hey. That's that's Rayman. That's what Rayman do. He don't ask for yes. consent. Um, <laughs> okay, he should. He should. <laughs> he should. Uh, I mean, you know, your your hair your hair can twirl around. You can float a little bit. It's your typical platformer. The combat is very secondary in the majority of the game is jumping through the levels, right? But as with a lot of these adaptations, it, I will I will say that this isn't a direct port. There are certain things that are the same, certain things that are different, but the level layouts are largely different from the original game. I will say it does not, the Game Boy Color screen does not benefit many platformers because there's blind jumps galore. You're just hoping there's Ugh. there are times in, in Rayman where there are two pits next to each other. There's no way to look what's below them. And you're just like, all right, here we go. Just got to make a guess. Yep. And you, when you guess wrong, you better do it differently the next time. And then <laughs> I always have that curiosity, right? Where if I jump down the right pit, I'll be like, well, that was easy. Can I get back up? Oh, I can't get back up. I got to try the other one. (laughs) Yeah. And then immediate death. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Just nothing. So, uh, yep. Uh, And it also has that terrible thing with certain, I would say, worse platformers where if you turn your character to the left or the right, the whole screen moves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super annoying. Kind of gives you a headache a little bit. And then a personal gripe for me is I played lots of Game Boy games when I was a kid and I probably had the right hand size back then. I just don't anymore and even on my 3ds i was playing on my smaller 3ds and my hands just a something about platforming right you're you're really pressing the buttons a lot to jump Mm -hmm. on stuff moving back and forth and my hands would just cramp up within like 45 minutes of playing so i'd have to put it down you have notably large hands too which is uh going to compound the issue there old carrot fingers yeah so uh but all in all it's an interesting game I think if people have not played this rendition of Rayman and they like the series, I would say give it a go. It is very short. I think I beat it in three to four hours. And heck yeah, man! If you yeah, if you have 
a little bit of skill, I mean, it's it, it's not going to take you that long. Plus, if you play it on 3DS, you can technically, you know, do the old save state and your way through it. You, you could. You could use yeah. a guide for ease and save state your way through Rayman and really just cheat your ass off around That's here, right. folks. That's we right. don't. As long as you're having fun, who gives a shit? That's right. Well, very good, man. That's a good group of games there. Grandia, 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 Haiku, the Robot, Rayman, Ease 2. Good stuff. I'm out here just playing Nerf and Mario, and I beat a game that took me 15 minutes to beat left over from before. So I, I'm not impressing anybody. You impressed me, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I you're appreciate welcome. that. Mm-hmm. You know who impresses me, though? These goddamn poly killers are about to be talking about. Because we got a couple guys here that were just hard at work. And also, we want to shout out, once again, our pal Vyar for picking up the slack here in Steve's absence, getting those poly killers, doing the roundup for us. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time each and every uh, episode. Steve knows that firsthand. Uh, and uh, Vyar graciously helping us out. So thanks again, dude. Uh, now, before we get into this section, if you're new to the show and you're like, first of all, who are all these dudes talking? And who's all these dudes we're talking about? This is weird. So much dude talk. The regular host isn't here. We've got Stranger Danger in the house. But if you beat a game, you can go ahead and use Twitter if you're still into it. Screenshot. Use a little bit of review there. We love to read it. Hashtag just beat it at Polykeller, right? Or you can join our Discord and do it that way. Uh, we got a couple a couple here that have beat quite a few games. I'm going to take the runner-up. I'll let, I'll let our guest here have the polykiller himself. But our runner-up, no stranger as of late, Braniac345. And that is Braniac, not Braniac. Guys, super into having a rich fiber diet in the morning. Bran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finished Liberation Maiden, Max the Curse of Brotherhood, Zero Wing, Pulse Man, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Republic Heroes, and Gears of War 2. Six games was good enough for runner-up this time around. Good job, Braniac. Indeed, good job, Braniac. That is a hefty list of games there. Our poly killer this week is none other than someone we have mentioned before. My One of our personal friends, member of the Discord, QX, a.k.a. JJS Boyce. Boyce! He beat I Am Setsuna, Tetris DS, What the Golf? We were actually mentioning that earlier. Dr. Mario 64, Expand, 36 Fragments of Midnight, Journey to Silius. I bet I bet Trav can get down with some Journey to Silius, yeah. Liberation Maiden, and Aura, Aura, Climber. Uh, Two Liberation Maidens there. there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was a Liberation Maiden kind of kind of couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think uh, Braniac and JJS Boyce are like, neighbors so i don't know like is that going around i've never even heard of liberation mate i'm googling it giving it a gook it's a rant it's a random game came out in uh 2012 you know what it came out on the eShop. this is this is this is people going eShop fishing and they both landed on the same game incredible yeah i will say that there's based on these two beats there's not a single maiden left enslaved they have all been liberated (laughs) we've liberated all the maidens. Yep. Well, good job, dudes. Good job, JGS boys, on getting that pilot killer championship. We love to see it around here. And now for some beat tweets. So uh, we're going to go back and forth there. I'll go ahead and get us started. So I got my guy here, Joe, Video Games and Collectibles, or at 
AC Decepticon. He says, just finished The Last of Us Part 2. What a roller coaster ride of emotions from start to finish. I didn't think it could surpass the first game, but it did, and then some. I just don't have the words to give to this game. And Joe, yes, that reminds me. I always say, if someone beats this game and I know them personally, I just reach out and be like, talk to me, man. I want to know. I want to know about that ending. How'd you feel? What what happened to you? Because it impacted me in a lot of ways. So I'm glad to see people still out there beating on that game, especially because of the show. People want to get that narrative, that game narrative down so they don't have to worry about spoiling that show for themselves. So uh, it's good to see. Yeah, I... Uh... When I saw that game pop up on our little list here, I'm like, oh, man, Trav's going to be so happy about that one. Stoked. Going to, going to message that person directly himself. But speaking of <laughs> beaten on games, The Legend of Tianding, I think it's pronounced, was beaten by our boy Burger Champ. This short action platformer based on the real-life legend of Taiwan's Robin Hood is a lot of fun. Simple combat with tight controls and gorgeous manga-style visuals make this a worthy play. Lots of little side quests and hidden collectibles add a lot. Really enjoyed this one. And if Burger says that he likes a game, I'm all about it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah that means it was probably as good, if not better, than the book. So that's he, good. Right, yeah, because he's read every single book. <laughs> ever created so dude yep. is a library but yes is. yeah up next we've got Cory Don at Cory Don a few underscores after that when Battle Block Theater came out my co-op buddy and I set out to beat it on hard mode ten years later after a plethora of life events and things getting in the way we finally hashtag just beat it it was a wonderful moment for us but an otherwise average game you know what sometimes an average game can be boosted by some co-op action you love to see it you do love to see it, and I, I personally love that screenshot. It looks like a very pretty game. But speaking of speaking of average, Dylan Charles beat a game. <laughs> he beat Astalon, and I want to mention Dylan that you you did this tweet strangely because it makes it look like Astalon. This mes- Metroidvania is the entire title of Astalon. It does. I, I don't think that's accurate, but that's that's exactly how I was reading that. Good catch. <laughs> Astalon, this Metroidvania is a near-perfect melding of beautiful pixel art aesthetics with modern gaming sensibilities. You control three different characters endlessly exploring a tower, densely packed with secrets, monsters, traps, and lore. Recommended. And I have been wanting to play this game. I think lots of our friends have recommended I think both PD and Pam both enjoyed Astalon. And now Dylan has made his way into it. And uh, yeah, I've heard it's a little bit tough, I think, but... Um, other than that, yeah. Sounds like a really good game. Heck yeah, man. All right. Next up, Daywar at Daywar underscore Roa. Hashtag just beat it near Automata. Ever been excited to see the credits only to have the devs tell you, nah, you get back in there and do that again. <laughs> a polykiller's nightmare. Five endings later, and I can call this done. The finale really did bring it all together, though. That, in a nutshell, is Hades. So I, I totally get that. <laughs> Near Automata was... I have mixed feelings about that as well, uh, Dewar. But I'm glad you got through it, and I'm glad it all worked out in the end. You seem happy about it, at least. That's good. All right. So speaking of sticking around too long, Hungry Bill beat again. What? Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the PS3. RPG beat him up with a stack of characters, power-ups, gear... But combat seemed to boil down to surround an enemy and wail on them by button mashing. Voice acting is 100% ham, but it got the interesting story told. I actually enjoyed my time with this game back in the day. I never beat it. I played it on 360, 
but it's kind of where I discovered some more obscure characters in the Marvel Universe, like Moon Knight. Now, everything from that universe has its own show or movie, so there's a Moon Knight movie, or show, sorry, but uh, wow. but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, very cool. Good job, Bill. Up next, JJS Boys! Polycolor himself. I am Setsuna. Where to begin? Story, character development, world building, gameplay mechanics? Well, <laughs> it doesn't have those things. But we can all agree it starts with the letter I. <laughs> uh, I get the wow. feeling you didn't really like it that much, but hey, anything for the alphabet, right, guys? I've I've heard pretty good things about I, had set, I am set soon, other than the fact that it's snowing all the time. But other than that, I mean, I think it's maybe a passable RPG and people wanted different things. But I respect our poly killer and what he says, so... <laughs> Mr. Mullet Gaming beat Joe and Mac, a fantastic action platformer that had, that I had a blast playing. I liked it so much, I beat it three times this week. Vibrant colors, charming sprite design, and catchy music. An all-around great game. I highly recommend. I attempted to beat this game last year and got to the very end and got stuck. So I respect anybody who can beat it. I don't even think it's a hard of a game. I'm just stupid, but... <laughs> I was going to say, I think you can knock this one out. It's a favorite of mine as well. I do remember getting to the end and losing a bunch of lives until I figured yeah. it out. So yep. you're not too alone. But yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Up next, we got Matt Waters at Muddy River 68. Throwing some sports airway. He knows what kind of episode this is. He says, does. hashtag just beat it. NBA 2K Playgrounds 2. This is a decent jam-like, which I like that. You know, fuck these Metroid-like, these Souls-like bullshit. We need more jam-likes up in here. I hear you, Matt. Anyway, he says, This is a decent jam like the gameplay is good enough with an interesting power-up system, but the menu system is ass. Nearly every player is behind a paywall. It's really stupid. It reminds me why I hate most modern sports games. Uh, shout out to that. Jesus Christ, sports games are always nickeling and diming me. And that's why I only play NBA Jam these days. The free arcade cab version at MAGFest. Yes. High <laughs> as balls. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> on to the next. Our buddy Senior Diego beat Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Damn, I really enjoyed the hell out of Zach's story. He's so cool and deserving of his legacy. Also, anytime I can listen to the FF7 soundtrack, it's a good time. I've heard good things about this game. A huge uh, gap, I suppose, in my backlog is Final Fantasy VII in general. It's one of those games that I think I'm just waiting for the right time, and that right time will probably be after I die, right? Like, it's, I don't know. Mm. It's, it's one of those games I just can't quite get over that hurdle of being like, okay, I'm going to dedicate 40 hours of my life to this thing. But nice job, Diego, either way. Yeah, good job. I am also, I've notably not finished that game, but I'm at the, the end and just refuse to load a save to try it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story now. It's sad. Uh, up next, we got Chad Garvin at Sir Chad Leo C. Amplitude on the PS3 2016 is a tough-as-nails music rhythm game with some awful songs that's not as good as Rock Band Blitz. Blindly changing lanes between measures is clunky and unintuitive, but I had a blast. Can't wait to say it. Three out of five... Had the time of my life. This is a game I just recently added to my collection and my backlog, and I see Toughest Nails up here, and I'm thinking, God dang it. I don't want to see that. I want to see Tough as Corn on the Cob. Like, that's a good amount of tough. 
Tough as mashed potatoes. Tough as mashed potatoes. I don't know why I went with corn on the cob. Like you can't really yeah. eat the cob. That's tough as nails. You want to yeah. just eat the corn. Nobody, nobody's eating that cob. I, I would say that's rather tough. But uh, anyway, church beat a game at the game grinder. Beat Tomb Raider, which I think you know a little bit about that old Tomb Raider. Yeah, it's 400 hours long, and it's all about pointy boobs and getting angles just right. Not bad. <laughs> He beat the original, which, yeah, props. But I, yeah, not my first time playing and not my last. One of my all-time favorite series, and this was the entry that got me hooked all those years ago. Still great and understandable why it beca- became so iconic even after all these years. My experience with the original Tomb Raider was on a demo disc where all you could do, you had your two pistols and there was a tiger. Yes, you're in that hole, and you yes. had to fight a tiger in the cave. That was a Tomb Raider 2 demo. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was a yeah, kid, yeah. so. No, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's, everybody played the shit out of that demo. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not too far removed from the first game. The first game was basically that. All I mean, you kill so I mean, You listen to the tales. It's just zoo murder for hours. Zoo murder and helicopter crashes, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then randomly demons. <laughs> All right. Up next, we got the beat tweet rounder upper himself, Viar45. Hogwarts Legacy on the PS5 lets you play as Scotland's biggest kiss ass wizard or witch. Charm your way through a world rich in beauty and void of emotion. Oh no, the room is flooding? A blast to play, a drag to platinum. Light and dark are close here. 8 out of 10. Man, that's the thing with the Viar tweet. You never know. Until the very end, whether he liked it or not. <laughs> he, even even after he says eight out of ten, I still don't know if Viar <laughs> liked that game. I've been I've been somewhat interested in playing that, but it's like he tells a very minute story from the game, and it's like, huh, well, all right, you know. But sounds like he liked it. So uh, awesome, Viar, and our boy Greg at LHC Greg, real LHC Greg, beat Madden 06. He played as the Giants and beat the Colts for the Super Bowl on rookie, the Patriots for the Super Bowl on pro, and lost to the Seahawks in the divisional round on all pro. I turned off the controversial QB vision cone feature. Did uh, you dabbled with that 06? I did. I also turned off the, the cone feature. Was not a fan of that. Is that like where there's like a cone that points directly out of your QB that you can see or does it like help yeah. auto aim? Uh, that you can see. So I think they wanted to cut back on like having your quarterback run all the way to the right sideline and throwing blindly backward across field. So they added the vision cone so that the quarterback uh, had to kind of be looking that way for, I guess, a higher probability completion. Oh, that makes sense. Not a bad idea, just real clunky to use. Right. Cool. Uh, but yeah, cool to see Greg beating that sports game. You know he's after those genres when you see that come across the old ticker. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, all right. Uh, our last one here, only because, gosh, I don't even know what console he's holding in his hand. Weedo. At Weedo. Uh, Apotris? Apotris? On the Game Boy Advance. By, and he uh, he adds the developer here. Uh, I can't pronounce it. But uh, not only the best Tetris game on the Game Boys, but maybe just the best Tetris game out there. It's still actively in development with possibly more cool modes to come. This is a keeper. Will be discussed on Weedo's very own podcast at New Flame. I'm sorry, at New Game Old Flame. 
So a couple things. I, I don't recognize that as a Game Boy Advance, so it's, it's but it's very sleek and European, so that makes total sense. <laughs> and apparently it's a newer game for it? Yeah, and Wido is really coming out punching, saying that this thing, whatever this game is, is better than Tetris, which That's has incredible. sold more copies than almost anything other than Minecraft. Shoes. Point, right? so. oh, or Minecraft. I was going to say shoes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But holy moly. I got to check that thing out if it's that good. If it's that good, could it be? Would it be? Who knows? All right. Well, that's been the Beat Tweets. Thanks, everyone, for beating and tweeting. We got to read out a few more here today because Seth was here patient enough to take the time to run through your list of beats. Good job. Good now, job out there. Heck yeah, man. I just love reading Beat Tweets. It's my favorite shit. It's my, it's my kink. Up next, though, we're going to be talking about our top five sports games of all time. Of all time. Now, oof, man, I had a hard time calling down the list, if I'm being honest with you, because my, my early life was mainly sports. mainly sports games. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I tried to balance ones that were simulation-y versus kind of arcade-y. You know, tried to be like, does Rocket League count? You know, cut that out. Something more endorsed by a sports organization. Anyway, the rules are flexible here. You get to pick what you pick. I pick what I pick. But I ended up, you know, it had to be kind of based on a professional or collegiate sport before I counted it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, you know, arcade worked, simulation worked. So there's a little mix there. Modern retros in there too. So do you have any stipulations or comments about your list that's coming up? No, I was going to. It seems like it would fit, but it also is probably just too much of a racing game. But I wanted to include like the old NASCARs or Forza. Mm-hmm. Because those are certainly sports adjacent, but I didn't. I made sure that there was typically a ball involved. And I called <laughs> right. that. Yeah, a same. Yeah. Ball or puck would also count. Puck. Yes. Something you're you're pushing up and down a court or field is, is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um I'll go first so that the guest gets to withhold their number one for last. Mm-hmm. My number five. Is a game that's probably little known, but I sunk a lot of time into it when I first got my PS1, and that's mm. MLB Pennant Race. It's got David Justice on the cover, and I played a ton of that game when I got my PS1. And the thing I really liked about it, and it wasn't the only game to do this, but it was one of the early ones, when you hit a home run, the camera would zip behind the ball and track it into the stands. It was so addictive. I loved it. Anytime you hit a home run, just that feeling of the ball, the immediately the camera would shoot to yeah. it. Yeah. It was like, yes! And it felt like a really good difficulty or like, you know, it, the home runs were rare enough to where it didn't feel like I wasn't hitting them, that I needed to tweak the difficulty, but, you know, common enough that I felt like I could do it at just about any, any at bat. Right. And of course, I created my own player. I played DH for the White Sox, who were actually good in 99 when I was on the team. And, <laughs> uh, it also, uh, the, the announcer said all of the names of all the players. And that's how, you know, for at least that era of baseball, I got to remember like who was on what team. Yeah. Just based on like up next for the Angels, Tim Salmon. And and a lot of that's just baked into my memory. Yeah, so that's awesome. I, I want to fire it back up one day soon to see if the nostalgia is still baked in. You'll have to let me know how that goes because I feel like baseball games have only gotten, for the most part, 
you know, if we ask our buddy Alex, he probably wouldn't say this, but only gotten <laughs> better with time. Like the new mm-hmm. MLB, the shows and stuff are just insanely intricate stats based. So I just wonder how much of this game is nostalgia. And I'm sure it's you know, a lot of my games are also nostalgia. I haven't gone back to some of them. Right. But uh, I just wonder if it does hold up these days. Yeah, I do remember one galling thing about it. You know, load times were a big deal for PS1 yeah. in that day. But the between inning load times on this game, I remember notably being like way too long. <laughs> Incredibly. Is there like a fake ad or something in between or is it just spinning or you're seeing stats? It would just spin the uh, the little emblem of the game, but it would occasionally like, and you've seen this before, like it'll spin and it'll kind of catch and then keep spinning and oh, catch. Oh, yeah. To where you're like, oh shit, did it freeze? No, we're good. Yep, oh, shit, did yep. it, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. So it would do that and make you panic. There was nothing, there's nothing quite like the PS1 sweats, man. <laughs> like where that, you can just hear that thing turning. It's just, oh, it's, it's grinding. Like, oh, is it? Oh, uh, oh, oh, yep. Oh, okay. We're good. We're good. We're through to the next screen. Whew. It's like, why does it sound like it's great and cheese in there? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Metal shouldn't be touching in there right now, I don't think. <laughs> I know. You just, I've never had a PS1 open, but yeah, I just feel like it's just a bunch of hacksaws just grinding together. So. <laughs> All right, but what's your number five? My number five might be somewhat close to your own heart, but I imagine I, I tried to go with, I, I could do two games in the same sport, but different leagues of that sport, if you know what I mean. So my number five is NCAA 09. Football. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mostly because I just spent so much time on this game we had it on ps2 and mm-hmm. my brother played the crap out of it and then when he would finish i'd play the crap out of it sometimes we played against each other but i feel like the verses in ncaa college games are just in terms of football i guess are just we're just never as fun as like madden and stuff so for me it was more playing seasons playing whatever dynasty or whatever they would call it back then. Right. Just more and more and more seasons. And this was one of those weird times where I was kind of going against the grain of the rest of my family. I was still a Buckeye fan, but you kind of go through that growing period. I was about 16, 17 at this time. I'm like, I'm being a little, rejecting my the beliefs of my brother and father i'm like i <laughs> i i think i think i like penn state now so oh man you went for a rival yeah well n- to us penn state i mean they are a rival in conference but I not mean, they're Mich- in conference yeah 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 but i always i you know back then at least obviously not going to get into it but lots of controversial things happen with penn state football in oh, years yeah, sure following did. But I always loved Joe Pa back then because it was this guy that, you know, for 40 straight years, you could expect him to be on that sideline, right? So um, the tradition of Penn State. So, you know, I just played 20 years of Penn State football in NCAA 09 and won national championships. And I don't really remember a lot of specifics other than I had a really good time with it. It's very nostalgic for me. It's a good game. I I enjoyed it. Very good. Yeah, I – when I – would play these games. I never would pick Virginia Tech mainly because I knew I wanted to hop around and do yeah. different teams in a dynasty and I knew I'd have a really hard time wanting to leave. Right. 
Virginia Tech. So I would always try to, you know, you always pick the bottom of the crop like Bethune Cookman or something and, and try to make them good. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Woo. Yeah. Of course, nowadays you would just pick Virginia Tech if you wanted to do that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. would. Yeah. So got him. Uh, got him. Got, got my ass. Um, all right. Very good. Yeah. I like that. I like an NCAA game being in there. It won't be the last one you hear of today. Yeah, uh, my number so. four, a classic. I think one that even a lot of non-sports fans that listen to this are going to adore, and that's going to be Tecmo Super Bowl on the NES. Fantastic game, especially for the NES. When you look back on that, you think about a lot of the sports games back on that system that were just ass, ass. Yeah, yep. And that game stood out because it was endorsed by the players. It had great music. It was fun to play with two players. Maybe one of the funnest games on the system to play with two players and who can get over that touchdown? He's like, it's just so good all the way through. Big Tecmo Super Bowl fan. I would, I would start. Uh, I would want to play seasons of it, but you know, wouldn't the? I don't know if the battery cart wouldn't save, or maybe it just wouldn't allow it. But I would leave my Nintendo on to try to play through multiple seasons of it while it would like simulate. Yeah. It would like simulate all right. the other games. I got really into it, man. Yeah. Sp- I would like write down all the all the uh, scores and keep spreadsheets and shit. Yeah. Uh, that was my foray into what I am now, which is an insufferable nerd. Bo Jackson is an absolute monster in that game, right? Just terrible, terrible monster. Yeah, he's a he's a harder boss than the freaking mother <laughs> Mike brain. Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you you can literally dodge. I've you there. There's videos everywhere of people running as Bo Jackson in that game, and can literally evade a tackle from every player on the opposite defense three times. Thirty-three broken tackles yeah. on on his way to a touchdown. But up and down the field, just insane, insane. All right, so I think that will take me into my number four, and I hope mm-hmm. I'm maybe slightly cheating, but it's in the title. I went with We Sports. It's sports. Sports is sports. It's sports. That's a good choice, though. Sneaky choice. And honestly, I have great memories playing. And I, I think you and Alex actually were talking about it on a recent DF. But <laughs> DF, yeah. Uh, drunk friend. Great memories playing with all kinds of people. Friends, family. I mean, if there was a game that could get my dad off the Lazy Boy and mm-hmm. bowl, like we had so much fun. And this is kind of adjacent to Wii Sports, but just Wii in general, you can create your characters, right? What the Mies, right? Mies yeah. and Wii. Mm-hmm. And my dad always used to have a handlebar mustache. Oh, and wow. always wears a neon, bright neon shirt for work because that's just, you know, they're like they're like road guys, right? So they have to wear those shirts. And we managed to create the exact me of my dad. I mean just to a T. And it was we every time he would get up, we would all just die because it's like, ah, Dad, you're up, Dad. So uh, <laughs> dad. Uh, I love it. I love it. But I mean it's just it's just a good time. It was a it's a great party game. And maybe it's more so a party game than a sports game. But I just have really fond memories of it playing with other people. This is like the ultimate co op sports experience in my mind. So we sports. Yeah. yeah, no, I I agree. And you mentioned like, you know, getting friends and family together this came out while I was in undergrad and it was a good way to just meet strangers. Like if yeah. anybody had it, be like, Hey, you want to go over to this guy's house? Chris? Like, I don't know, Chris, like who's got Wii sports? Like shit, where's he live? <laughs> like everybody was just so excited to, <laughs> can I live with him? Yeah. yeah. To, yep. to get a hold of it. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Great experience. All right. But number three, 
is going to be another game that actually came, comes up on DF regularly, which is MVP Baseball 05. That That is, uh, I would say at least from that era, that game is the pinnacle. Now, I don't really recall why 06 and 07 didn't hit as well for me or Alex or several other people who adore this game. I don't know what this one did so right, but it is very, very good. And it had a lot, and I don't know if maybe they took away some of the mini games, but the mini games were part of what made the game nice because it was sort of an RPG in a way. Yep. Where, you know, you could uh, boost your pitchers or boost your hitters by going into these little mini games in the middle of the season and, and, and making your players a little bit better. And uh, you could mess with all the AAA teams and, the, and all the other stuff. So you had full control over not just, say, the Chicago White Sox, but the organizations with right. the the Charlotte team and the the Birmingham team and all that stuff. So uh, if you like micromanaging and playing the sport, I don't know that you know baseball is, is there for you in general, but yeah. that game in particular did it so well. And also, I think another un, an unsung part of a lot of these sports games, is not so much college stuff, but especially like Madden and uh, pro baseball, the soundtracks that they would throw in there were always mm-hmm. of the time and that you know to this day you can hear a song off one of those games that you put so much time into and it just take you back just take you right back to sitting in the living room not even a song you like but it's been beaten into your head so much and you associate it with the good memories of the game that you kind of like the song now yeah uh that's funny you mentioned that because this is kind of a tangent but uh i've been listening to my, one of my dad's favorite artists is uh stevie ray vaughn big blues guy yeah hell yeah um, but Steve Ravon did a did a little lick called Scuttlebutton. I think I threw it in the Discord the other day. But um, in the comments on Scuttlebutton, somebody said, "Hey, anybody here from NASCAR '99?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just that. like so many people are just listening to that song because it reminds them of their childhood memories of NASCAR '99. And I and I, I love yeah, that. I love that too. So I have the same relationship with a Molly Hatchet song for NASCAR '98. Actually, oh really? I love yep. me some Molly Hatchet, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Are you? Do you? Are you up next? Yeah, yeah. My okay. My number three, and I feel like I'm really going arcade heavy down the stretch here, but you know, NFL Blitz. Nice. You and Blink. Blink surprisingly like threw Blitz. a Blitz at me the other day on a list, and I was like, dude, for real. So the big reason I played a lot of we had Mad ninety nine when we were growing up on PS one. Big reason that I lean, or at least leaned back then, towards Blitz, and honestly, if we're all being honest with each other, right, all those old Madden games do not hold up like Blitz does. You can walk into any arcade, and Blitz is just there to greet you, and is always a great time with friends, right? But mm-hmm. the main reason, even back then, I liked Blitz more is because we would play. I would play Madden 99 against my brother. I was 7 at the time, right? He's 10, 11. And every time that he'd jump off sides or commit any kind of penalty, he'd always convince me that the right decision was to decline that penalty. So he would always pommel me (laughs) into the ground. I mean, I was a young kid. I didn't even understand what accept decline meant. I was like, okay. I was like, Adam, what do I, what do I do here? Oh yeah. You turn that one down. Yep. You don't want that one. That that's bad for you. Oh, Okay. (laughs) decline so by the time we're done playing i'm getting beat 98 nothing i don't know what the heck's going on but that's the the most amazing thing it's almost like rubber banding in a sports game blitz right 
is just the best. Ex- like, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to know what football is. You can get in on Blitz and just do whatever the heck you want. And for me, when I was a kid, Adam, my brother, wouldn't want to play it anymore. He'd re- no, We're playing Madden 99. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. stupid because it's the great equalizer. It's like Mario Kart in football. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy me some Blitz. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good point. Yeah, Blitz, uh, you know, I've, I think I brought it up before, but it doesn't, you're actually better off not doing well out of the gate because you'll just make it mad. Like yep. you should just try to keep the game close and win. Be the, just yeah. be the last one to score because yeah, the game will beat you if it wants to. Recover the last fumble. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it, it's always thrilling. Well, good, yep. good choice there. So, uh, my number two, uh, not going to be a surprise really if you've, if you've kept tabs on the old trap for the last several years, but that'd be NCAA 14. It's the last one in the series. Uh, probably the game I've maybe sucked the most time in of any other game in my life, just by virtue of playing dozens of seasons and each game lasting 30 to 40 minutes. You do the math. And, uh, I've showed this off in the Discord. It's my great shame in a way, but I had tons of spreadsheets about that, my seasons yeah. and all of, all of that stuff because I just love tracking that stuff. I mean, that's a big reason why any sports fan is a sports fan right. is for like being able to reflect on, you know, dudes and times <laughs> and, right. and dudes and times and sports. It's great. It's great stuff. We love spreadsheets about it. And I was, I have the distinction that no one cares about but me of starting the, um, the subreddit for it, which has now just completely exploded into uh, a very popular place. I handed over the reins many, many years ago, but it's crazy that I was the one that was like, we should have a subreddit for this, like me of all people. Once it had been, how, when did you start that? It had been a couple of years since, and you knew, everybody knew there was no more NCAA football coming. No, it was, uh, Right at so we didn't know there was not going to be more coming, oh, which is why wow. it's called NCAA FB series because we assumed like don't name it after a year or whatever because there's going right. to be more. Um, yeah, so it wow. actually ended up being the last one, and we I started it like the week that that game came came out, just uh, so I that we you. could try. And, and the whole point of it was to try to you know find people to link up for online dynasties. Oh. Uh, and yeah. then it just turned into for many years just sadness and like where is our franchise. But uh, but now you know with uh, with revamped and a lot of other sort of in development uh, projects and the new game that's supposed to be coming out now there's a lot of traction on there and it's become more of just a general football simulation subreddit so it's it's really cool yeah that's that's awesome I've actually never had the opportunity to play 14 and now it is way too expensive for me to play it without yeah. emulation I suppose but uh, yeah. That's sweet. I've heard great things, and there are lots of fans. It is very well sought after, right? So yeah, it is good. It's worth it. I mean, it's not worth a hundred bucks, but it's it's worth its price. I mean, most games I think probably aren't worth a hundred bucks. Right? <laughs> probably not. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't that when they came out, right? So, but we are exactly. heading that way. Um, all right, my number two, a game that you actually played recently, mm. a, a game that I love so much and i sunk so much time into on my gamecube mario superstar baseball Mm. i love this game are you good at it i I had a hard time having success i think that i remember you saying that you couldn't was it just the last difficulty that you couldn't beat? is that correct yeah it was tough 
Oh, I couldn't beat it. I, I've never beat the last difficulty either. It's okay. it's real hard. Like so much of that game is right place, right time. Very like outfielders just need to you know it's it's very uh, computer CPU driven, right? Yeah. I mean, so much you're you're hitting and you're pitching, and when you're in the most difficult mode. It doesn't like you can be as crazy. You can take Waluigi. Waluigi was always a really good pitcher. Could had a lot of control over the the ball because you can actually move that pitch yeah. back and forth. That's the cool thing about it. It didn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. They're gonna wind that thing up. DK is gonna take his glove and crush it out of the park <laughs> yeah. every single time. Um, well, that makes me feel better because normally in those Mario games, you know, even Mario Kart, you got to get all the cups. That's how you feel like you've beaten it, right? Yeah, right. So I felt the same with this, but I was like, this last difficulty is making me feel dumb yeah it's it's artificially difficult honestly in my in my opinion but i still fun though i love its personality yeah and i love the story mode how there's four at the beginning and then five different teams you can pick from which is super cool and in each of them have their own theme right so mario's team is kind of all the basic other than like the sunshine characters that he plays with is kind of weird right but uh Mm -hmm. Peach has got a team with all the Toads, and DK's got his own team. Yoshi's got his own team, Wario. And then eventually you can play as Bowser's team, which is super cool. And There's just so much going on in that game. You want to talk about stats. Like Every single character has just an array of different stats. And you get to play as the Mario characters, which is always fun. So Always fun, yeah. Good stuff. Good choice. I didn't see that coming, so that's good. All right. So my number one. You got any guesses? I I'm wondering if we're gonna line up here, and if oh. if we don't line up, I think you I, you might not be disappointed. But I I know I know that you like my number one. All right, fair enough. All right, well, my number one is NBA Jam. Oh no, we're not. Gonna, I knew that. I knew that. I'm surprised <laughs> that my I'm surprised you haven't mentioned my number one. But but go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, maybe you're not. Maybe I'll be like, oh shit, I forgot about your number one and slide it back <laughs> into my list. But uh, no, NBA Jam. Uh, my Childhood babysitter. I mean, the, the, one of the first games I realized you could put codes in and get cool things out of. It wasn't just like, it wasn't like cheating to have, like, it was just fun to have yeah. Bill Clinton or, uh, anybody in there, Hillary in the game. Fantastic dunks. The rosters were so of the time and they were legendary to this day to where like nobody would remember some of those guys if they weren't an NBA jam, which is kind of fun. Uh, obviously it's a game that, one of the few games, especially competitive games, that I feel like I'm actually decent at, which is why I'm not ashamed to show my hand at a MacFest NBA Jam and yeah. get my ass kicked pretty hard there. But I had that. It was the first game I got on my Sega Genesis and the only game I had for the Sega Genesis for a while. And so I I put the time, time in. Yep. I did, yeah. Also, how I learned what the word initials was. Because when I first would get on, it would tell you to put in your initials, and I would be like, what is my entails? Why do they need them? <laughs> <laughs> you're like my name don't fit dad my name don't fit in here <laughs> dad what's an entail yeah. what's that do we have one i'll say that the initial thing is something that must have happened to me too because i remember trying to put my something into bloody roar right now it always just be set that was on my records <laughs> set I don't, know. I don't know you know but who's uh, got a yeah. three-lettered name who <laughs> <laughs> Why is it like this? This doesn't make sense. Um, oh, that's funny. And the the boss fight books, uh, I have to I have to recommend that. And then also I have to say, uh, old Matt River, Matt River, always fuck it up. Matt River, muddy Matt, muddy water, Matt sixty eight, uh, hooked me up with a an autograph of Tim Kitzrow and Rayon yeah. Ali, who uh, who wrote the book. So it's it's it, 
it's near and dear to my heart the book the game all of it i uh it's it's almost nostalgic for me at this point i've played nba jam and arcades and things right but uh now that i got to watch you and alex play like it, it it's just a really cool spectacle watching that at magfest like it's it's a really <laughs> good time and i'm very excited to get back next year and and have it happen again because it's it's just a weird situation when you guys are playing because there are actual bad guys that you guys are playing. like i'm not saying they're bad guys right yeah it's a wwe feel yes yeah it's it was really neat yeah and it was i tried to tell that because i i thought it was a one-off experience that i had many years ago and it was great to come back and it's like still that yeah it was too full of characters yeah for sure all right what's that number one drum roll what's it gonna be all right, my number one, and I'll feel stupid if you're like, oh, well, I, th- I know you enjoy it. Maybe it isn't a top five game for you. But my number one, easily, and probably a top ten game for me all time, is Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel, dude, it almost made my list. Oh, good, good, good. It was right Thanks. there, yeah. I it, I was actually thinking about swapping it out for Tecmo Super Bowl, but I feel like Tecmo meant a little bit more to me. But yeah. man, Blades of Steel, that's... But really, the only hockey game I've ever enjoyed because I don't really understand hockey. I I I, I admire the sport. I just was never raised around it, so it was very foreign to me. But the game was so freaking fun. I love the Edmonton Oilers for some reason because <laughs> of the colors or something like that. Something I always like Toronto because they're like blue on blue. They just look cool. I don't know, right? But uh, I mean, Blades of Steel boils down to it's basically foosball, but your characters can move around. That's yeah. What because your your goalie controls this a very similar way to how you control a foosball goalie. Move back and forth. And you can fight and there's commercials. Yes. Yeah, and you can play Contra. That's yeah, you so can, cool. Yeah. Or Gradius, yeah. Or Gradius, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Contra, Gradius. But yeah, it's awesome. Good good choice. Yeah. Very good game. Very arcade hockey. Love playing with my brother. Love playing at co-op. I feel like every time we get done playing, both our thumbs are just like dying because you're just pressing that deep as, as hard as it'll go, right? But uh, yeah, easily my favorite sports game and uh, a great one. Everybody should check it out if they haven't already on the old NES. So Yeah, check that out. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. We're up against time here. But it was great to have you on, man. Shout out uh, IndieQuest uh, one more time. What, yeah. what's uh, What's going on with that? Yeah, come check me and my pals Blink and Frantic out on the old Indie Quest where we break down indie video games and uh, basically tell you why they should go wherever they go on our quest log, either main or side quests. Uh, they're all good games, so come check us out. We do some side episodes, too, with just music and um, kind of diving back into our quest log as well. But it's a fun time. All right. Well, folks... Do check that out. You can find that on the polymedianetwork.com. You can find Seth at Captain Drachma. You can find me at Traff Plays Games, the show at Polykill. And until next time, see everybody.